All right. So we are uh, we're recording now. So welcome back to Probably Dad's podcast. This is episode three point three. Seems fine. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is episode three point three. Um, I say three point three because we recorded the third episode two times before this, and uh, it didn't work actually. So I'm actually even going to do a backup right now. And we have a special guest today, as you can see. You've got, uh, obviously, Evan here, and then his brother-in-law, Ryan. Don't remind me of my father. I hate my father. You tell me, who is your daddy? I am the father. And thankfully, some dads took action. Basically, what do they want for Father's Day? Uh, for the media to stop portraying dads as buffoons. Yeah. Ryan, you want to introduce yourself real quick? Um, Evan's brother-in-law, Ryan. Not really <laughs> anything significant <laughs> other than that. What do you need to know? What What do you want to know? Uh, not much. Uh, so you're from Hurley, Mississippi. Originally, yeah. Originally? Pedal, Pedal, Mississippi now. Pedal, Mississippi. All right. Thanks, uh, thanks for using my last name. <laughs> Give us a background professionally. What, where, where'd you come from? Where are you at now? Where are you headed? Uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, okay. Over over the last last little while, I uh, taught school for eight years. A uh, couple years at a uh, credit union, and have been working in the insurance industry for about four and a half now. Two kids. Been married thirteen years. Yep. Yep. Okay. So, insurance industry. Jump into that a little bit. You got a branch of your own. Almost? Uh, no, I uh, I manage operations for our four four offices. Okay. So we okay. we have uh, a work for our, for our owners of uh, as a guy I've known for a while, but I uh, manage the day to day stuff for for all four of our locations. Started out selling, uh, was an agent for him, and then transitioned to that here about two months ago. And that was in where you started at was in Hurley or. Um, Moss Point, Moss Point, then went yeah. to Pedal, and then back in back in Loosedale now. So, okay. Out of all your careers, you think you like this the most? I do. Yeah, I do. All right, let's get it started. Um, Evan, you had some current events you wanted to talk about. Well, tomorrow being Father's Day, just want to say that out there. Thank you for all the the fathers listening and attending. Uh, me, you, and Ryan are all fathers. So, just. Congratulate ourselves. Thank you, everybody, for spreading the seed, keeping it going. Yeah. We appreciate that. Spreading the seed, yeah. I've been, I've been good at that here the last few weeks, few, well, yeah. few months. Uh, <laughs> some would say slow down, but, you know, keep going. Yeah. It's fine. You just moved somewhere new. You know, you started a new business. In the same time, you're getting preggers. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, what is life without pressure, right? Pressure makes diamonds. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. I don't, I'm not making that up. But Evan doesn't know what makes babies. so uh, Yeah, he is like, so you keep getting pregnant. How does this keep happening? <laughs> Calculating the time I've been on the road. Are you yeah. sure? You sure? Sure, it's my... Yeah. No. Okay, so current events. Uh, OJ, and I just want to say this. OJ Simpson now has a Twitter. Yeah, man. They don't, they don't discriminate against uh, murderers or those who Do allegedly committed alleg murder. How long has he been out of prison, you think? Well... I'm not going to look it up. Let's just guess. It's more a fun. A year? Let, less no, than a year? What are we yes. talking about? He went to jail for like strong arm and some dude who tried to steal yeah. his memorabilia. 
It was a couple of years, wasn't it? Yeah, and they were just like, "Hey, you got away with murder. You can't be jacking people. Like, you got away with that. Like, we got you get your one get out of jail free card. You know, it's like my wife's old boss, no doubt. No, Remember, dude. he got away with murder, but then they were like, "I don't. Did he? Ever, did he murder that girl? You think? No, I think it was an accident. Um, I, I, I think he was there, and I don't really. I honestly, he, he's too big of a pussy. Like, truly, yeah. Like, he knows how to manipulate people the right way. Like, when he got busted for pot." And tried to like hide at our house on Christmas morning that time, and was like, "We need to leave the county truck here. They're looking for it. I need to borrow your family because, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck you up. Like her job be damned. I'm gonna fuck you up." <laughs> he like, wanted get, you to take the fall for he, it. Yeah, he wanted. He's like, "So you smoke pot?" I was like, "No, I don't actually. Like, I, I really don't at all." Thanks for the assumption. No, he was trying to. He's like, "So maybe that was your pot they found in the county trucks." Remember, we did that Christmas parade, and I was like, mm, "No, I definitely don't smoke ever." So. It was yours. And if we keep this up, I can call the news and we can discuss everything you're talking about right now. That's fun. What a weasel. And then he starts crying. Starts crying on the porch. And he's like, Phil, you still understand? And he's, he went right to like the heartstrings. He's like, my little boy Christopher, you know, they're upsetting him. The news are out there. They're, they're, they're harassing me, which is upsetting my family. You know, we're just trying to get by. And I'm just like, dude, that's not my problem, man. You started. I didn't do this. He's like, it's, but Christopher, like he knew, like I used to pick Christopher up from school before. He's a good kid, you know. You can't County commissioner. Oh, no, 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 I remember okay. that. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I so remember. So my, I hadn't my, heard it in my, a while. My okay. ex-wife was his county, was his uh, chief of staff from 2008 till all this. And then was Connie Hudson's after. So we were entrenched. Like in we, that we, whole we, situation. We, we had been out with them. Like we went to New Orleans. Like hung out with him and stuff but like his, his girlfriend his mm -hmm. mistress or whatever and just the uh it was just weird everybody in the city knew about her he'd bring her to events it was like but he was so good at bsing and uh his con artistry was just another level like everybody was like yeah he's kind of good for business though eh, just let him do whatever it's fine and then, like, he gets, so he gets off with murder. And, like, he, you know, uh, one of his defense things he was arguing was he was intoxicated a lot, couldn't remember a lot of things because he had a, uh, he was getting uh, lower tabs or some kind of, like, you know, opioid prescription filled in multiple states, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, because they're so close right mm -hmm. there. And back then, the databases didn't track across state lines. So he was just plowing through, you know, a three month supply in a month, essentially. And uh, he used that as part of his defense in the murder trial. Well, federal law, the same reason federal law just ruled against that, uh, you know, if you're, you've are you got a medical marijuana card or anything like that, you can't own a conceal and carry permit. Mm -hmm. You can't own a firearm federally. Same law. He got prosecuted on and said, cool, didn't you have the county sheriff's office issue you a gun? Cause yeah. You, whatever reason? Check this out. Federal gun charge, you're going to jail for a year. You're doing some time. Like, we're going to get you with on something. something. And that's what that was about, you know. Uh, it was just, where? How did we leave that? <laughs> happy, I don't know. Happy Father's Day. Remember Steve happy Nodine? Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Nodine. Thanks, buddy. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where. Where was that? Oh, OJ. OJ, OJ getting off of murder. That was <laughs> the murder is getting. Just, uh, I wonder about these guys coming out of jail. It, OJ's a father too, but I wonder about it coming out of jail. And like you said, your neighbor, he didn't even know what Uber was, right? Been in jail for like six years. Didn't even, didn't know what Uber was. Yeah. Kept telling him, man, just get an Uber. No, man, I need a ride. Get an Uber. I ain't from around here. 
Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, I could tell he'd been in. I mean, he was like, he was being sketchy. I was like, hey, bro, like, I don't, like, I'll, I'll, we can have a dialogue. Like, you don't make me nervous, but like, you're not getting anything from me. He's like, yeah, I just need a ride. I was like, get an Uber. And he's like, I don't live here, man. I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, oh, you've been away for a minute. It's been a little while. It's been a hot minute since they let you out. I got you. Yeah, no. You know, I just had this conversation with one of my uh, coworkers. Not coworkers. She's a, it's a branch manager. And it was about like a background check, right? And she's like, Phil, I know our customer told us ex- explicitly, like they don't care about background checks because they're a factory way in the middle of nowhere. It's not, you know, they don't care because they're not around anybody that they're going to cause harm to if they're a convict. They just need bodies for hard labor, right? So I was like, okay, well, you signed up the account, but she had a problem with like the person was like, just committed arson or something the past year and gotten out or so it was some kind of crazy charge and i was like um let me tell you what i heard a street performer in new orleans tell me i live there y'all better tip us because if we ain't making money here we got to make money the old way you don't want us to make money the old way so those people need to be gainfully employed somewhere yeah okay i'm not saying put them around a bunch of little children or wherever else but they got to earn a legitimate paycheck or they'll find a way to make a living you don't want them to find that way to make a living, right? So you, somebody's got to employ them. Yeah, that's the whole. That's, dude, they got to work. If they don't have a job to go to, they will commit crime. Anybody will. Like if I can't get a job anywhere, I'm not going to starve death. Let my family starve death. I'm going to figure something out, right? And if they already have a, they're you're not letting hire because they're already have a criminal past. What's what's plan B? Plan A, rehab myself. I've already paid the penalty for my crime you took my freedom away and put me in a cage like an animal and now you want to punish me more and not let me get a paycheck cool check this out that nice tv you got your house we'll work that out that's what it is do we, we do i work in light industrial staffing and unemployment is at a record low we are scraping underneath the barrel not even mm. in the barrel anymore right like the stuff that like precipitated at the bottom of the barrel yeah that's condensated so y'all are short of just saying uh give me people that aren't violent that are still in jail dude we take people on, on like work, work release. release yeah we, we use work release cards 100 percent. we process work release people all the time those are the honestly best employees because they have to come to work because you can call their <laughs> you can call their po they didn't show up on time dude those people show up on time because they do not it's either that or you're just hanging out in jail doing that work there or you can be out in the sunshine working like a free dude that's your option. Yeah. Those dudes show up on time. They go to work. They start no trouble. I was 18 years old working at a golf course in Hurley, Mississippi. And the first day on the job, they hand me three machetes and point to the two convicts from the Jackson County Adult <laughs> Detention Center and said, you three are going to be clearing the brush from the rough on this hole, this hole, this hole. I was young. I wasn't smart enough to go. These guys seriously aren't that big of a threat or they wouldn't have them out here to begin with. But that was the most afraid I've ever been in my entire life was in that very moment. It's like, sure, give me the sharp object and send me out there with a convict. That's going to it's gonna go over well. Couldn't fit a grease BB up your ass? No, not at all. Now they were a trip. That was a great summer. Had fun working with them from that point on, but uh, nervous that first day. I bet. <laughs> that's, a, that's a rough go right there. Rough yeah. deal of the cards. Oh, but, I mean, I, I remember running across those ex-convicts like in the Army. Dude, we had one dude who had been in jail for a minute, like in Kentucky, you know. And we were downtown Seattle. We were all like new privates and Ranger Bat. I remember this homeless guy asked him for money, and he had like a 
actually, we don't know what kind of what drugs he had in the pipe that was still like smoking. And Will goes, he had my money. Punched the homeless dude in the face and took his pipe and took a big drag off of it. And we're like, <laughs> uh, another level, dude. Dude, I just like we were. In, I was in yeah. high school less than a year before that. I was like. In the big city, you know, from Mo- yeah. you know, Mobile, I'm in downtown Seattle. With the Air Force of- was full of those guys, too. Yeah. No, no, they were not. <laughs> Air Force, all these bright, bushy-tailed people, like, we scored good on the ass, fab. We're in here now. <laughs> Army's like, you guys got a pulse? Let me get a mirror under your face. Yeah. Fog it. You fog up that mirror? Come on fog in. It. Come on in, son. <laughs> your country appreciates your service. Thank you. Yeah. Did you ever think about joining the military? I, I did. Contemplated it. Kind yeah. of w- Looking back on it, sometimes I wish it would have done, but yeah, just yeah. What made you go into teaching? Couldn't pull the trigger. Was that literally I, and metaphorically? Uh, <laughs> a couple yeah, of times today? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, I couldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't visualize myself pulling the trigger until I got married. <laughs> Easy now. Oh, uh, no. Uh, what made me go into teaching? Uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was heavy, bro. It was <laughs> a bit aggressive, was, but uh, spe- speaking of OJ, yeah, uh, settle down. Went straight from a domestic assault uh, to back to OJ. Right? Yeah, why are we talking about shit back right now? <laughs> Not you, but like you know, <laughs> it'll be all right. Oh, you didn't serve in the military. <laughs> yeah, way to throw people under the bus. No, no, I, I just I've, I've always wondered for like the other perspective of it, just because after I got out, I was like, man, I missed all like this whole life behind me and going back to school and. You know, trying well, to figure all that out. It was one of those things that that, that didn't have a whole lot of information. You know, yeah, D- didn't have a whole lot of information of the options that were available. I ended up having a uh, guy come in from the National Guard with with my seniors every year, and he'd do um, he called a career prep, and and he did. He he really he wasn't in there trying to recruit people. He was talking about the cost of college, uh, how much you're going to pay for tuition, and in the last five minutes he'd give his give his spiel about the national guard and we had that conversation all the time i told him i wanted to keep coming back i said because this this isn't this isn't a conversation that anyone had with me um and, and may have may have been a different situation and just just so you're not in such a financial situation coming out of school you know especially if you're gonna end up teaching for eight years like i did married to to a teacher as well it was fun so uh meager yes meager yeah i do i, I hear you i will yeah, well, man that's what I told somebody. You just know going into it that you're you're either gonna starve to death or you're gonna have a job during the summer and during the rest of the holidays as well. So it is it is what it is. You know that going into it, you're, it's not too bad. So you were you were a coach. What? I did not. Oh, you had that conversation earlier today. I did actually. I did. We drank it all at the pool party. Oh, okay. Two left for me too. <laughs> We'll be thirsty after that. I'm good. I'm done. So you can have it. Squat. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> he took his hand off the bottle like you can have this one. Like, okay, I'm done here. You can fine, have it. Fine. Uh, all right. So, uh, man, yeah, loud clear. You're coming out of college on a teacher's salary. Uh, when did you get married? I graduated in May. Got married in July. Okay, so right after high school. Right, right, after right college. after college. Yep. And you went to Southern Miss? Yep, Southern Miss. Oh. By way of Mississippi State and Jackson County. Yep. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, county? Like, GCC? Like Metro? <laughs> yeah, MGCCC. Yeah, 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 Jackson County campus. Oh, yeah. okay. Nice. Wait. Did, uh, so what did you get your degree in? 
History. Okay. <laughs> history it's useless. Teacher? You can <laughs> you can teach school or you can go to graduate school. That is about the extent of it. Yeah. Or you can end up selling insurance hey, that man, doesn't require. My buddy's grade. got a degree in history and he flies F eighteen jets. Yeah, I didn't get that job. No. I, I missed that at the career day, apparently, that, for history You missed majors. that table? I did. Blew, was a whole, was a whole blew right past it. There's a whole table. Yeah, mine said graduate school and another forty grand or uh, teaching. Which one would you like to do? Yeah. Do you... Wait, so you live in Petal? What I do. You know, about, do you know a girl named Whitney that lived in Petal? Isn't that sister there, too? Very pretty I've, model. I've lived in Petal for... over a year? About a year now, so... Oh, no. I was throwback back to the day. No. No. Yeah. I would have been in Hurley in that time, so no. So at what point, so you got married almost immediately after college. When did y'all start thinking about a family? We uh, didn't want to didn't want to jump into it right away. That's for sure. Uh, we Ashley and I have been married for, for, gosh, almost seven years before we had Dylan. So we were, we were 30 when he was born. Started talking about it, but just... Knew there were things we wanted to do together, spend some time together. We'd been dating for four years prior to that, but it was different. So, you know, wanted to be able to go do One some of those things. Responsible people. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. So, well, no. So, oh, we'll back up. You had Eli. I did before that. We did. And that was about a year before we had Dylan. Okay. Well, um, had a little trouble getting pregnant and had a uh, my first my first son had a chromosomal disorder and. Passed away shortly after birth. And then uh, we, we waited a little while after that, and then Dylan came along. So we were, I guess we were around 28 when we seriously started started thinking about it. Just yeah. weren't ready yet. Yeah. I think I think Ashley was ready. I think it was more, I hey, wasn't once, quite ready. Look, I, once females get to, I got a theory about this, all right? As a, after I got like divorced and started like figuring out like dating and all this kind of stuff now, there's a certain group of women may or may not want to avoid, depending on what you want to do with your life. If you just came out of a tumultuous, you know, relationship, marriage, um, the 27 year olds to about 33 that are single and have not been married before, are savages. They have watched all their friends <laughs> get married on social media, have babies, all these cute pictures, and they've been told their whole life that's what they're supposed to have and want. And so they are chomping at the bit. Like You've a, got seventy-two hours before. Bro, listen to me. Listen before me. That pregnancy a, starts. A month into like dating this one girl, and she was a uh, beautiful, just a doctor, uh, and she was like, "You just make beautiful babies." It's like, is that a line? Like you can't say that. Like that's not okay. Like just the fact that like being a, uh, I told, I think I've told Evan this. Like being a single dad with like two healthy, happy kids, and like you know. I'm not a piece of crap dad. Like I've been there life. And, yeah. you know, I moved here for them. Just like girls that are in that age range, which I tend to want to avoid necessarily because they're a little aggressive when it comes to that stuff. They're like talking about your kids a whole lot. Like I can show you an exhibit right now. I just got a message from a girl like, Oh, what are you and the kids up to for father's day? Something nice. <laughs> like, like set up, like squirt gun, settle down. <laughs> Those are mine. Don't talk about them. Yeah. yeah like, what are you talking about? Like, like I've been single out for seven years, right? I just recently spoke with somebody I dated for nine months. Close I ever came to a, like another serious relationship. She never met my kids. Okay. Like, when you grow up, like, you know a girl, you 
kind of know a girl you kind of talk to and they start talking about your kids. I'm like, you're never going to meet them. Like the fact we're having this conversation right now, don't even worry about it. <laughs> it's not even a thing you need to address. Like it's just, it comes up, man. They're weird. Like th- that age bracket. Nine ah. months? She never met your kids? Never. Man, I didn't know that. I thought she did. No, man. Like it's because she, she met your parents. No, she didn't. She didn't? No. Oh. I mean, she probably would have met my parents if my parents so, lived. So tell me about your best friend since fourth grade again. <laughs> yeah, no, since, no, I'm just saying, like, well, she would have met, she definitely would have met my parents if, you know, she lived closer or whatever. If that, well, they live closer. They're in Mobile, but kid-wise, in, oh, what, what's good for relationships? Oh, children. Like, oh, you have a bad relationship? Get some kids in there. That'll that'll fix everything, right? <laughs> so Sell it th- all I, down. I think I've pretty much learned that, like, I need to have a good, solid, firm relationship before kids come into that mix. I'm not going to roll a bunch of women through my children's lives. Like the stability in their life with me is it's the three of us. I'm not going to introduce another factor in there unless I know it's serious. Yeah. You know, we're ready to move in. I'm probably going to throw a ring on it soon. Like that's when the kids will meet another woman until that. No, three of us. So we talk about this a lot and he shows me like the girls, Easy killer. This gets know, out, all not, right. Not Settle down. like anything. He shows bad, me his Tinder. But tape. like, hey, I'm going on this date with this chick tonight. I'm gonna be in such and such area in case I disappear, get murdered. Hey, yeah, I joke. I always leave a trail of breadcrumbs. You yeah. never know. So, but like, I, you know, <laughs> now I know whether or not meeting your kids. If you're worried about your safety, I've only I always worried about my safety, man. You never know. I've only been off the market for six years. And the dating game has changed Bro, so... It's so different. I mean, just almost... Disclaimer, Courtney, he's not oh. He's not investigating no. the dating oh, it's, scene. It's a nightmare, trust me. But yeah, it's like, It man, is a nightmare. You don't even, you, there's no talking to people anymore. No, no. Right? It's, I couldn't tell you where to meet somebody. If I had to start all over, couldn't even begin to Well, here's to the thing. Like, strip clubs. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and bring them straight home to your kids. Yeah, no. The... Uh, <laughs> Blurred that out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's all dating apps, right? Everybody uses them. And honestly, it does make more sense just in the way that, like, unless somebody's out, if, if a girl's out with their friends, and they may otherwise like you, would have normally talked to you in other circumstances, but they're hanging out with their friends, they're busy doing their thing, and their friends are going to try to cock block you if you're trying to talk to her. you got to leave your friends to go talk to her, that whole thing. Like, that's the you, the old model, right? But like a Tinder or whatever, Bumble, whatever you're using, you know, it's, you see their picture just like at a bar or wherever. Visually, you're attractive, so I'm going to talk to you, you know, see where that's going. And then you just have a little conversation. Like I explained to Evan, I have a little template. I use like a couple of the same generic questions, exactly the first couple of questions. And based off the answers I get back and all the other, like, I always say like, first question, hey, comma, how's it going? Question mark. (laughs) Spell everything correctly and use correct pronunciation, you know, correct punctuation. And I should get back, I'm good, you know, and if they don't ask how I'm doing, nope. Evil, selfish person, get out of my life. You're deleted. Uh, that, that quick. If, you, if somebody asks you how you're doing and you don't ask back, you're selfish. I'm, I don't have time for selfish people. You're done. Gone. Gone. If you don't spell correctly or you say some crazy stuff. We're out. Or if you're funny, like it's different though. Like if somebody's like bad with like good, I'm like, well, you're a great conversationalist. Awesome. <laughs> See you later. You know, 
you can get a lot from that one question, right? So they, they should say, I'm good. How are you? All right. Small talk, and then you lead into a real conversation, right? So small talk leads into the real conversation. And it's, it's more than science. <laughs> He's explaining all this, and I'm going, I've got a buddy who's been on Tinder, and apparently you two use it for very different purposes <laughs> because I don't know that there's ever been a conversation Listen on it me. before. I have dated briefly a playmate I met on Tinder. I have no business dating a playmate. None. It's the punctuation. Yeah, it is the punctuation. You know, I'm just saying, like, my friends who are, like, handsome guys, like, you know, just like the guys or girls approaching a bar just because they're good-looking dudes or whatever, or got the personality of this table sometimes mm-hmm. and don't really know how to talk to girls because they haven't had to learn how to talk to somebody because they've always just been smile, able to just smile and good enough. So in the little uh, in the dating app world, they're like, you, uh, you look like sex. I got a house. What's up? They're like, dude, that stuff's stupid. It doesn't even work. I'm like, what does it mean? What do you mean it doesn't work? Yeah, I told this girl to come over and blow me, and she just she didn't. I was like, did you use a question mark? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that's weird. So you didn't like even attempt adjective, to, adjective, noun. You didn't, noun. you didn't attempt to have a veiled conversation, like to even pretend to give her some dignity. No, that's weird. <laughs> Can't believe that didn't work for you. <laughs> Backfired. Yeah. No, you, just little conversations like that, man. It, it's just it's just a completely different dating situation out there, and women are much more. Uh, I think just in the last probably seven or eight years, man, women have just come online as being more aggressive and more sexual in nature, and taking relationships less seriously, and the whole thing. It's just yeah, I, you know, I still hear people say that, you know, I, I don't want to date, I don't want to meet somebody online, I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, really? You so. That's telling me, like, you think the internet's a fad? Like, what? the internet's not going away. Like, it's when people say that, I'm like, oh, you're super insecure. Like, how insecure? Like, the whole world, like, down here, like, I've, I've lived all over and I travel a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Down here, people are so afraid of looking stupid. They don't want to be a dumb person in the town because everybody poked fun at them. You know, you know <laughs> how it is. You on that internet dating? Mm. Yeah. You mean you didn't go to church looking for sex? Sinner. <laughs> like what, what, what's and that's the truth. It's 100% the yeah, truth. 100%. I'm like, what are you talking about? So you're either going to bars. Like, okay, where are your other social situations now that you're an adult? You're not in school anymore. Where are you going to run into people? You're going to sleep with a coworker? Well, you get fired or ruined something there. That's a good, good call. Uh, okay, so church. Okay, so you're looking for sex at church. Awesome. Uh, or you're going to a bar. You're getting drunk, acting like an asshole, and probably getting in a bad situation, and probably make some uh, loose, fast and loose decisions there. Or you could be a little more calculated, right? I now have a filter, right? I don't have to waste time, money, energy, and go to places with ulterior motives. Makes sense. Yeah, you see how I sell that? I sell yeah. that to people all the time. People are like, you do what? Makes sense. Whether, whether or not any of that actually is true or vindicated, it's convincing. It's just it's it's but justification the, for me to know not to screw anything up because I wasn't good at it thirteen years ago. Oh, I stumbled either. into a relationship that worked out, so uh, I, I'd I'd be helpless now. Right. It is complicated. I would it stumble in and out. So, um, but anyways, so it brings me up to a good point. When, you remember when all that? 
we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. This is gonna this is gonna sound horrible, but wait, let me get through it. Right? Go on. I like where this is going. The Ashley Madison, but it's good. It's I good. don't know how people do it. I'm like, like when I was married, I was like, I could barely. I had like the bandwidth of my emotional capacity and like energy to deal with one female, like in my life. Like, how do you deal with two? Can you imagine having like <laughs> no. a, a needy mistress? I'm not. And you're like, who could balance that? I'm not dedicated enough to cover anything up. So it's easier for her to know my passwords. Like on the way up here, the kids are screaming, so they're watching TV on her phone. Here, you want to look something up? Use mine. Yeah. I, I, I am not, I'm not smart enough to be able to hide anything because it, it, it's just yeah. You know, I used to when I was a personal trainer, the gym I was at in Mobile was like a, like a sex den of like people just hooking up. You know, never went to that gym either. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, no. Also. It, Another way to yeah no man and then like I'd be training people and like married people they're like yeah I'm talking to that girl over there I'm like not your wife girl <laughs> as in casually like hello how you doing yeah <laughs> yeah I'm just like well if you don't uh I mean like just the uh, the ins and outs and like the intricacies of yeah. like what these people would go through for their affairs and men and women would like divulge this to me I was half therapist when I was a personal trainer so it was just me and this person you know they're just like dumping all this on me and I'm like. Just get a divorce. <laughs> You're so good at being sneaky. You're telling me all of this. Yeah, like, j- this is probably not going to go well. No. Like, you're not, uh, like, I could just, like, just flip you off and go tell anybody and just 86 this right now. <laughs> at the end of the day, I know there's nobody else on the world in the world that's going to put up with my crap, so I'd never, wouldn't end up in that Dude. situation. Just avoid it like a plague. Like, essentially training another human being to deal with you. Mm-hmm. Nightmare. I think that's the point we're at. It's like, yeah, nobody's gonna put up with me. Nobody's gonna put up with you either. So here we <laughs> yeah, are. Here we are. Aren't you glad we found each other at work? Somehow? Yeah, who would want the kids? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, man. It is a. Uh, it's weird. I was talking. Who was I talked to about it? Uh, I just went to like a little mini vacay down in Pensacola. Some friends I had down there, and uh, somebody was like. What about this girl? Didn't you date this girl? I was like, yeah, she has a kid. And they're like, you have kids. I'm not saying it's a bad thing they have a kid. I'm saying that like my life is complicated enough splitting my life with my children with a whole other set of people who are married. Like splitting it like exponentially with more grandparents and more parents and her, her ex and all this. I was like, I don't need the kind of trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and my kids come first in my life, so I don't want to ever be in a situation where I'm like attached to somebody else's kid, and then like there's some conflict. I'm like, ugh, it's weird. As Evan's laughing, what are you laughing about, Evan? <laughs> What's so funny, big guy? Man, I, I can't imagine like what my parents went through with stepchildren, and oh god, yeah. and all that. Yeah, you both were, sets. You were living that. You had a great situation. Yeah. You had two great dads. Yeah, and and they were, and everybody seemed to work together. I Man, like. I know you told me about the, like the like maybe just personal dislike, like maybe your mom and dad shared for a while when you were younger. Oh, I hate each other. Yeah, yeah. but like you guys work together. It seems like when you know, yeah, uh, it gets easier as it, as you get older. But uh, yeah, it was tough, man. I can remember my dad like wanting to put like pull together this Disney World trip or this like vacation, and, or no, actually he wanted to move to Daphne. Yeah, and. I, they were all. I was all about it, whatever. And my stepsister did not want to move. Like, did not want to leave. 
Baker High School and like did not. So dude, he didn't. Like they they stuck they stuck it out in Mobile until after both of us graduated and then moved over across the bay. But I just remember like that was like his dream was to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, the sacrifice you have to make for those for that situation specifically. Dude. But it was just it like never seemed really he gave up a lot, man. I I've always remember dude, that. Yeah, I mean so. I guarantee you, if you meet the right woman, whatever, you meet the right person, you know, for their side of the story, I guess. But like just the like if it's not the right like the ability to like give it up stuff for other kids, I still like you don't want to put anybody else's kids in a weird situation, you know? Like, oh, nightmare. No bueno. So, with all that said, in that age range, you want to stick to about 24 to 27, postgraduate, maybe working on their doctorate. So, you can have a conversation with them. You can have yeah. a conversation. And they're not even looking for anything super serious, generally, right out of the gate. They're like, I just like, I'm down here having a good time, you know, still finding themselves. Beautiful, wonderful situation. Because um, they're not super jaded yet, you know? They're not trying to settle down. They're trying to establish themselves in the world. Perfect. Or, or the jaded older lady. It's like 30, 34 to like 39, just like in the gym, getting hard bodied up, showing all the dudes what they were missing out on. Like those ladies are salty and do not beat around the bush. 100%. You writing that down? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Evan knows. Evan laid the game plan for that one, by the way. He laid out the blueprint. We're all children, and Evan shows up with a grown-ass woman. And granted, you've looked like you were 40 since the 8th grade, so it made more sense. We can she- edit this out later. Courtney, you dated her seriously. Who, Courtney? Or, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Christy. Right. How, how, when Christy, when we were 22? Yeah, she was 33. 30. No. Yeah. No, dude. She was like 38. <laughs> 33. I thought. I, yeah. She, 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 told me. she looked better than the, she looked better than the uh, 20, 20 year old. 22 no, year old. She was, she was, yeah, she was 33. She had a 13 year old. She had him when she was 20. Was she 33? Yep. When we first started dating, yeah. And then we were off and on for about four or five years, but not like. Serious. Dude, the rest of us were like, what? How the hell have I never heard this? Dude, we were all like, what? I guess is it? Where did past? I guess ex girlfriend. Well, Co- Courtney's up. not big on this story around yeah, the table. Around dinner. No. It's not a big dinner table conversation. So, this Thanksgiving. So, Evan, tell me about the 33 year old you dated when you were 20. That thing was like, she moved to Tuscaloosa the same time I did. Like, when I got out of the military, she was from Monroeville. I was living in Destin. And I was down in Destin. Like, and she would come down for like the whole summer. She was a school teacher. Mm hmm. And uh, she would just come down for the summer and like stay the whole summer with me. And by the end of the summer, I was like, "Bitch, you gotta go!" Like, what? <laughs> God, I want my freedom. But she ended up moving to Tuscaloosa. Took a teaching job in Tuscaloosa, and we had just kind of gotten back together. And uh, I was going back to Tuscaloosa for school, and she's like, "Well, do you want me to?" And that was stupid. I was like, "Yeah, why not? It'd be fun. <laughs> You're be a good ride." Like, and you know, she's. She's looking like for something more than obviously. What? Like, how old did you say she was? Then thirty-three. What age did I say you had to beware of? Yeah. Bolo, be on the lookout. Yeah. Be head on a swivel. They're, they're coming for you. I'm telling you, they're coming like, for you. Yeah, and it was it was tough, man. Like I probably set up some false expectations. <laughs> oh my! In hindsight, it's partially my hindsight. Fault, when I told her I love you so much, please move in. That's a great idea. <laughs> 
She maybe interpreted that as a little more serious than what I intended. And then I would like date other people in Tuscaloosa, and like I would see her everywhere. Like it never failed. We'd be at Jason's Deli, and I would see her. I was like, shit. Well, Tuscaloosa is so big. <laughs> oh yeah, Metro. Met- yeah. Yeah. It's regular metropolis down there. <laughs> metropolis. So as soon as, as soon as you leave the gate of Alabama, it's like Waffle House, Waffle House, Deli, and then the woods. There it is. Yeah. yeah. And Al- university in there somewhere. But yeah. I, you know, that was, uh, yeah, they were all mind blown. But it, literally, when I got back from Japan and we were stationed in uh, Fort Walton, down in, like near Destin, mm-hmm. me and my buddy went out one night and we're like, I just want to go out and like talk to some American girls. Because, like, literally, we've been in Japan for two years and Iraq for 11 months, but Japan, like, no real American women. And we went out and those were. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> he didn't get as lucky as I did. Like uh, this other lady that he met, she was quite a bit older. And Thomas Shanker, yeah, we can edit that out later. The animal, but, uh, <laughs> guy's a he's straight an animal. animal. He's dude. an animal. Oh yeah, big Jack dude, man dude. from Iowa. Like, like he ate all the white. cornbread in Iowa, <laughs> glowed <laughs> in the dark, and could like rip yeah. your like spine out. Like he was one of those wrestling like dudes who uh-huh. grew up on the farm, just, just angry. Yeah. There's no females around to get out testosterone, out, so they just like <laughs> had to wrestle the shit out of each other and just eat and lift stuff. It's like <laughs> so he found like he met this lady uh, the first night we went out. Her name was Patty, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Patty. nobody since 1970 has <laughs> been named Patty. Patty. She had a 16-year-old Asian son. <laughs> Asian son. And, like, wanted to daddy up. Immediately. Shanker immediately. And she would, like, come to my house looking for him. I'm like, he lives on base. Like, he is still in the dorms. Like, so, yeah, anyways. Um, shortly after that, though, I met uh, Christy and Dan. Yeah, crazy times but anyways i know we exploited those times so we had a friend who had a townhouse in destin we were right down the road in mobile buddy let me tell you every weekend was in destin which he didn't tell me he was not going to be there which he's we still got to use his room you didn't tell us you weren't going to be there no so he's like yeah you guys come on down to destin man that'd be great and you're not there no he wasn't there his roommate was there he's like and he's he had a great roommate or whatever but he was kind of odd, mm-hmm. like kind of an introverted alcoholic that had a horrible obsession with poker and like had poker nights with weird locals yeah. at his house that would wear sunglasses and like visors and inside, stuff. Inside, yeah. Yeah, inside, of course, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you can't show people your poker face, obviously. <laughs> and uh, and none of these men have seen a female in a long time. So we show up and like they're all dressed to the nines and they're like, what, uh, who is, uh, you got just like staring at like my my future wife. They're just like, what is she? Uh, she no, she's not for you guys. Like, what are you? <laughs> where's Evan? He's not a. Uh, he's uh, what is she? He's not here. I mean, what? Where is he at? I'm like called him. He's not answering. This is what he does. If he'll go a wall. He's doing something. He's not like he's like. Oh crap! I messed up. He won't answer the phone for a while. He's like, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> Just, like, you've been trying to call me? It's just all these missed calls. <laughs> yeah. He's like, That's why we get along. Oh, weird. Yeah, no, I'm in uh, Mobile. Like, what are you doing in Mobile? You're supposed to be in Destin. We're all going to the border. He's like, yeah, no. No, I'm, I'm here. Chasing a loose end. Yeah, you guys can uh, you guys stay there, though. 
I was like, with Eddie? He's like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, Eddie didn't care. Where did, where did it? I don't know. He's probably caught up in a bottle somewhere. Literally an alcoholic. Like, we'd go to strip clubs, or he would, and I'd have to go get him. Already said we. But go yeah. ahead. No, well, I, edit, I'd have to go edit get that him. Out. And they had kicked him out on the curb. He's like sitting out on the curb, just drunk. And I'd pull up, and he's all bloody. And like, he was still trying to fight to like get back in. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, they, mm-hmm. they kicked you out. Like, leave it alone. I'm like, what'd they kick you out for? He's like, I thought the stripper I wanted to put in her butt. I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> really? Yeah. This week again? Yeah. It was like a regular occurrence. Yeah. Him. Yeah. No, he, uh, he's a nice guy, though. Yeah. Pretty rough. Did you tell me his room was gross? Yeah. You found a bunch of stuff in there? No, it was just, he was just, I mean, now, who was Al, the, the garbage and all that stuff? In the, one that, the guy that moved in after me when I moved in with Oh, Aaron. oh, 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 oh. So a long high school uh, friend of ours moved the station in Destin, too. So I got out of that situation and moved in with him. Mm-hmm. And this place is like right on the beach almost. But he calls me up after I move out, about a month after I move out. And he's like, hey, man, I got this new guy in here. And He's saying that, like, he's seeing all these bugs in your old room. He's like, okay, what do you want me to do about it? He's like, I don't, I don't know. Did we, have, did we have a termite contract on this thing? Because I just swapped the lease over in his name. I was like, man, I don't know. I was like, just go up there and see where the bugs are. I just spray some stuff in his room. He's like, all right, well, yeah, he's not home right now. I was like, just go up there and do it, man. He won't care, I'm sure. Dude, he said there was trash piled up, like, three foot tall. Mm-mm. And roaches just like as soon as you open the doors. <laughs> Ugh. It's like, man, nope, nope. It wasn't me. That's like my place in New Orleans. Remember that first place I told you I moved into where it was like Joe's apartment? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Different breeds and strains. Yeah, they were different. Like so like the, uh, the big palmetto the big palmetto roaches, like the big ones with the brown mm-hmm. spot on their back, they lived in the living room. They only lived in the living room. And the little German cockroaches, the little ones, yeah. lived under my dishwasher. In the kitchen, so I never used my kitchen. Like I couldn't eat in there. Like it was disgusting. How long did you stay there? So, in uh, when I first moved to New Orleans, like I was like, I don't know, I didn't know a soul in New Orleans. I had no connection there. It was the closest law school to Mobile, and my ex-wife was in Mobile, and you know we we're going, dealing with all that. I just wanted to be close, you know. And uh, and I'm just trying to find a place, and there's hardly nowhere available for rent, and the budget I was trying to keep. And everything, New Orleans is super expensive. And so, like, I find this place, and it seemed okay, like, the first day I was there. And I was like, I saw, like, one, like, normal-looking person, like, exiting. It didn't look the best. And I went in. It was kind of gross. She's like, oh, yeah, they're cleaner people. Just hadn't been in here yet. I was like, all right, you know, whatever. And uh, I go in. And when I start moving in, dude, the first day I show up there, it's, a, it's you know, mixed income. So you got, like, the Section 8 situation going on. And this dude, I realized, like, Nasty Nate lives three doors down in his, they're dealing drugs out of that apartment, like, this super jacked, like, ex-NFL looking dude, and his, like, crazy, wild out drug son, and, like, this, like, she, she, she had both of her legs, but one leg didn't work, so she had, like, one crutch, and she's like, all right, Nate, and she's, like, coming out, you know, and they kept Mardi Gras beads on our, like, locked doors, so the door wouldn't close all the way, so people would come get drugs, and so he's like, that's a nice car you got out there. And I was like, yeah, it is. So I was making sure when I was pulling my guns into my house. He'd see them. And I was like, do you ever go shooting? I like to go shooting. You like to go shooting? You got any guns? He's like, no. Nah. 
I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm just going to put mine up. You know, I was like, making sure he knew. I was like, I'll shoot you in the face. Do not steal my shit, please. You know, and uh, yeah, that guy was interesting. But the, uh, the roach situation was real bad. And then my apartment flooded. I had like one inch of water for about a month there. I called everybody in New Orleans. I called the care. They're like, does anybody get murdered? Anybody die? They're like, no. They're like, well, bro, this is New Orleans. Good luck with that. So I'd like take my shoes off every day in the month of June and like walk walk through the water. And then I sublet it in the summer because it was super expensive, right? I don't want to keep paying for it. Mm-hmm. And the girl called me crying towards the end of it, like in August, crying. The girl <laughs> sublet to Phil. Oh my God, it's terrible. I was like, what? What's 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 so terrible? The guy, the guy across the across the the hall. I was like, what happened? Killed himself. I was like, well, that's terrible. She's like, no, no, no. His mattress with the brains are out back. And so this place was so cheap and run by such a piece of crap landlord, right? So the guy had smoked himself across the way. He was like some weird dude. He wore Daisy Duke shorts and wore jelly sandals every day. And he was like bald. It was super weird. But apparently he killed himself over his bed. And he did it after the first of the month. So he sat there for a month. And all because his power got cut off. The guy above him was complaining about a smell. And in New Orleans, you got river rats the size of, you know, like labs. So they figured a rat had gotten the walls and died. And that happened in my house after that one. It smells like hot garbage. You just have to wait for it. The smell to go away for it to, to rot, I guess. But, um, nah, man. So this dude had, had offed himself. And they had checked for rats and all stuff in the wall for the guy's apartment up, you know, up top. And nobody could track the smell down. So a month goes by in the summer. With no electricity going to that apartment, so no heater. So this body's decomposing in this apartment the whole time. And uh, I guess rent came around, and old boy didn't pay. And she went to go, and I was, I was talking to the, the property manager who comes around all the properties about it. And she told me she saw all the flies on the window. She goes, oh, no. She already knew. Apparently she gets some dead bodies. I don't know. She cracked it open in the smell. She closed it back and called her little cleaner crew, which were all illegal Mexican dudes. They were paying just whatever to roll through. So these dudes go through there. This isn't; these aren't like forensic cleaners. These are like dudes that are just like wipe it, wipe it down oh, yeah. with a, whatever, squirt it with a bottle Damn of di- diluted bleach. They kept going for about six months, and uh, the mattress put it out back where the dumpster was, where the parking lot was. So this poor girl parked and then realized there were pieces of this dude's head on this dumpster next to the freaking thing, man. Ugh. Welcome to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting for sure. Yeah, that was a uh, that was probably the worst place I've ever stayed, hands down. I've been in some bad ones, uh, but yeah, that would probably be, that would probably top the list. So the, the last company I worked for. They would put us in some flea bag motels. And when I hired him with this place, they were like, man, we don't stay in no dumps. I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we, you catch bed bugs in places like that. And I was like, yeah, I know. I've gotten them twice. <laughs> and I'll talk to guys. Every so not the crabs. Long. No, just bed bugs. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. And uh, I've talked to guys since then. They're like, yeah, man, I flew there. I got these bites all over me. I'm like, dude, that's bed bugs, man. Like, quit. Stay in the. We got no choice. Some of those places you go and work, like, I don't know, wind farms or, you know, out in these remote places near these industrial sites, that's all you got. 
you're stuck with. Dude, I drive I drive an hour if I have to to a branch. If a branch out in the middle of nowhere, I'm saying like we've got a we got some place out in like backwoods, Dalton, Georgia branch. Yeah. I'm not staying in Dalton, Georgia, but I'm staying in Chattanooga. <laughs> I will drive to Dalton. I will get up an extra hour early to get to the branch on time. I'm not staying in BFE for work. I'm just not gonna do it. But so we got way off here. How do we circle it back to anything about dads? Well, dads sometimes got to get on the road and handle business, right? And you were talking about how dads have a burden that moms just don't get. That's what you said. Now, I didn't say that, and I don't think Ryan said that, now, but you had mentioned that. We witnessed it, though. We, we heard you say it. Oh, I said and it. And I thought you were channeling Chris Chavez for a second. I said it. Yeah, absolutely. I just, the emphasis is always on, anytime you go to a, I, I guess, a self-help service or what is a self-help service what is that <laughs> what are you talking about is that a drive-through for that the first thing anybody will tell you is like you're talking about you shrink need, you need to understand mike mike it up though yeah all right so basically you need to understand a woman's psyche better like you need you need to fix that it's never hey well does she does she, there you go, all right, does she understand your psyche or, you know, what, is she in touch with your feelings, all that stuff. So it's always on the man. That that is always placed on the, the male. Uh, I mean, I think, I think the stereotype, unfortunately, okay, so you know that, you ever see that meme where like, it's a guy and a girl in a bed and they're kind of facing separate and it's like the. Ryan's taking a breather. We got a 70 pounds worth of six-year-old that needs to be moved from one bed to the other. 70 LBs a six-year-old? This is real dad talk right Yeah, here. see, that. this is an example. This is a prime example of what we're talking about right here. There he goes. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, the when you think about it, is there's a lot of pressure put on a man to understand a woman. And I don't, I don't know necessarily that I ever hear it the opposite or vice versa. Well, in fairness, the whole men are dogs and women are cats kind of situation is kind of where that comes up. Like women are much more emotionally complex than we are. We're pretty straightforward. Like, hey, we don't like that. And they're a woman's like, well, I don't. I like that. But we know they don't actually like that. Right. Right. That's I mean, that's the thing. It's like they're so it's even though I witnessed a woman get mad for no reason. And a lot of people are like, yeah, that really happened. I, I caught, like, we had, like, Cherry picked it down. Like, I was trying to, it was a mutual friends of mine. So, like, she didn't want to go to this event with us. And, but she was mad at him. He's like, well, do you not want me to go? She's like, no, I want you to go. So like, okay, but, uh, do, what? I don't, I don't know what, why you're upset. And she screamed at the top of her lungs, dude. Like this, like they were just kind of going back and forth. It's like, I can stay here and hang out. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Do you want to come or do you want me to stay? Or like, he's like, I'm, I'm game for anything, you know. And she's like, No, you should go. And he's like, But you don't want to go. And she's like, No. So like, okay, well I'll stay. No, you go. And he's like, Why? Why are you mad? And she just screamed in the drive with this blood curdling scream. I don't know why I'm mad, but I am. <laughs> and I was just like, what in the, like, what just transpired? 
Like I saw like her inner conflict that she could not even wrap her head around. How are you as somebody else who's not in that brain, understand the brain that that person can't understand? That doesn't make sense. That's not fair for a man to be expected to understand a brain that that person operating that brain doesn't know what's going on in it either. Like when somebody gets mad, like I, I, it's not that we need to understand it. I think the issue is we need to be more understanding is what you're shooting for. I don't need to know why you're doing whatever. I just need to be okay with what you're doing. That's the only way to get around it. I can't, I'm you're never going to figure out what that person's thinking. No. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're going to figure that out, but it should be, okay, love you, respect you. So if you think that's what you got to do, all right. Well, then that's where you get to in marriage too. I mean, that's, that's how you have peace in marriage. I, you could probably do that with your kids. Apply that same principle. Oh man. It's, I mean, I told, we we talked about that on the, on one of the other podcasts. I was, just, you know, I've really had to dig in and just kind of be more understanding with them. And like, somebody feels, uh, you know, if they are upset about something, to not like, if I can't rationalize, it doesn't mean they're not upset. They're right. upset. Okay, you're upset. All right. What's wrong? Okay. Uh you just want to be upset right now? Or do you want to like try to fix it? What do you want to do? You want to cry for a bit? Fine. Do it. Do it. Get Let it out. out. Let it out. Yeah. Get it out. That's the thing. Because like, I used to want to fix it. I mean, what's wrong? If there's nothing wrong, you don't get to cry. You know? Like, it, that used to, I, I just didn't make sense in my brain. I was like, what? So you're not, you can't articulate why you're upset. You don't get to cry. <laughs> like, if you have no reason to be upset, there's no crying. No crying in baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Listen to Tom Hanks. He knows. Uh, you know? So that whole thing, and the, but, you know, eventually it just kind of got to where I was like, yeah, cry it out. You're fine. But it's you a lot, get, lot, lot easier handle? said than done. Carried him down the steps was interesting. Did y'all put him downstairs? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Earlier I asked him. I said, uh, Dylan, where are you going to sleep tonight? Oh, I'm going to sleep with mom. I oh, said, yeah. Well, there's only room for two people in that bed. He goes, yeah, me and mom. Yeah, she's everybody's right. favorite. <laughs> At that house, she's everyone's favorite. What about dad? He's like, well, him and Ree can just figure it yeah. out. I'm the guy that says no to everything. Like, <laughs> they just assume, no matter what. So I go ask pop, and Dylan's like, fine. And he just oh. goes and leaves it alone because he knows what the answer is. It's my lot in life, so... Dude, you, became, you, came, you became every dad on TV. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, go ask your father. Shit, that's a no there. Exactly. Well, all right. He doesn't. He, he literally will leave. He'll turn the opposite <laughs> direction. I'm in the living room. They're in the kitchen. His yeah. bedroom's the opposite direction. Yeah. Ashley say, go ask Papa. And he turns and walks straight to his room. He doesn't even <laughs> go to the living room. It's like, I know what's going well, on here. you know here. That's good deductive logic. Oh, absolutely. He knows what's coming. He's like... Higher order thinking, right yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Proud, proud of it. Good for you. Can use my time elsewhere. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. better things. There were some to... Lego stuff I needed to work on. <laughs> yeah, some structures I need to need to check out. By yeah. the way, y'all get all that solved while I was gone, so I didn't have to comment on any. No, of that no, with... we saved that, bro. Thanks, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah we saved that. Let no, that what we we let open. into. Uh, I gave. I told him about a situation where a friend of mine's uh, fiance now had a had a moment when we were trying to do something where she couldn't articulate why she was mad, even though he was like 
Essentially, she was upset for no reason, and had it, we caught a female in the act that admitted it. Mm-hmm. She goes, I don't know why I'm mad right now, but, but I'm, I'm mad. mad. And you screamed it to the top of her lungs and was pissed as all get out. And there was like there was nothing she could do. There was nothing he could do. She was just mad. And we're like, what? What? You don't know why? Like nothing's happened. You just you're just mad right now. He's getting the end of it, and that's what's happening. Once again, another reason I'm with my wife until one of the two of us dies is because she knew what she was getting to in the in the beginning. Because I'm the it's gonna sound horrible, but like I'm the least sympathetic person in the world. Like I don't get caught up in emotional <laughs> stuff. I went to one of these management schools for the credit union and they make you take those emotional intelligence tests and like a bad score is like 12 and below. And I was like single digits, which I think those are loaded because (laughs) just because I I know the way I felt about things doesn't mean I'm going to respond that way. So there's, there's an extra layer to that. I can fake the appropriate response. Yeah. Those tests where like, they're not blind enough. Like, uh, uh, the, uh, what is that personality test? The Hig or yeah, yeah. the Higgs and yeah, Higgs something, yeah. something like that. Somebody we had like a a speaker come to one of our corporate events and he had like a dumbed down version that was like twenty questions and you're going to be one of these shapes with one of the personality profiles. Yeah. And I was just like at the end of it, I was like, hey, what if you could just like pick what personality profile you want to by just answering questions whatever way you felt like it because you yep. could tell what questions assigned to what. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well. I mean, that's, I was like, I can't really do this objectively because my, I consciously know what each question is intended for me to do. And which one's matched yeah. up on the, yeah, per- yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I said, well, most people don't, don't. I was like, dude, it, I'm not. Mm-hmm. You're divergent. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like on another plane of like intellect, like your test sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Ashley, Ashley understands that and works with me on that. So that's um, good. No, I, I just, we, well, that's what we said. That's, that was the conclusion we came to to try to, Rain that in to protect Evan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that you can't understand the other person? You don't. You shouldn't be expected to understand their thought process, even because they don't know what's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. You should be just understanding. It may not be desirable, but it's like I get it. It's fine. Do yeah. your thing. It's like I told him my. Kids. I know what the right answer is here. I'm not sure why it's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, here it is anyway. I was told like when my kids used to, like when I was a new dad. Like my three-year-old daughter, you said she was very emotional. She mm-hmm. cry about stuff. Like she, her shirt, she wear, wanted to wear a certain kind of shirt. She cry in the morning, and I'm like, "Is anything hurting you? Is anything bad happened? You don't get to cry. Yeah, there are rules for crying. Mm-hmm. That is not one of them." And then I was like, "And like now, I'm, I'm just way more different with it. Just you know, like, all right, how you feeling? You cry, cry it out. I don't care. Yeah, like, that's, that's that's what you're choosing to do right now. Get it in. Yeah, struggle with that. Like it did." Suck it up and deal. That's like the mantra for the house, and it works with my oldest. Like I can tell him that it's like that'd be our, that'd be our thing. He'd be losing it because he he is he gets upset and can't express. Same situation, can't express, but he gets mad and like wants to throw something or yeah. yell or hit somebody. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> explain, explain to my son not to hit. Exactly. Not and, to and hit. he gets fired up and he he can't he can't tell you why. But I can you could look at him and be like I need a big boy. It's like I'm gonna count three and I'm a big boy here. Get it under control and talk to him. And you can count to three, and he shuts it off. He's good to go. Youngest one, not so much. Like he's 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 more emotional. Yeah, but he'll get over it quicker. The oldest will hold a grudge for six months. The little one's good after about thirty seconds. But he's going to be the first one to, to throw something or hit or something along those lines. Dude, my son remembers everything. He'll, he'll we'll be riding in the car and yeah, late. He'll, he'll try. 
late, late on trying to get something. He's like, yeah, you remember like a month ago when mm-hmm. you threw my eraser down in the, uh, the trash can? So, no, you don't get to see no. the iPad. There you go. I'm like, what? you got to let that go, buddy. Yep. And he's like, no, Dad, she's mean. I was like, all right. Yeah. I, kids are weird about that stuff. Anyway, it's just it's, it's interesting to see how their little personalities work out that way, being that different. Would you know they've been raised in the exact same environment with the same people? You're like, oh, it's it's nature, not nurture. Yeah, and I know where that nature stems from, but I'm not going to say it where it gets recorded. Go on. No, I'm good. Yeah, Evan, you seem like you wanted to say something about that. No. Yes, I'm you good. did. I'll, I'll, yes, you I'll did. Steer to will clear that one. No, I guess what I was getting at though was to say that, man, I think we get the short end of the stick on that. I just I I hear it so much, but at the same time, I don't I don't, I don't I'm not trying to have a pity party or anything here, but I, the the pressures of what, and I'm not saying that women don't go through the same pressures, but it's the pressures that we have and that we put on ourselves to provide for our families. I don't think women will ever really understand that. Like, I, I know for a fact that if we get kicked out of and you know follow get fired, get kicked out of our house, living on the street, people are going to look at me more so than they would Courtney saying, oh, where did she go wrong? Like, where did, where did she go wrong? Why are they out on the street? No. Heck no. It's going to be, what a loser. Like, what, how, how did he, how did he manage that? So I, all that, and then just saying that, you know, Man, every time I turn around, it's it's well, that, you know, you gotta maybe appease it in the right word, but I don't know. I don't know. Save me, Ryan. Where am I going? <laughs> I don't have a clue where you go. <laughs> we put it off, and I kind of lost my train of thought. But that's where I was at with it, and I was uh, I was actually talking to somebody about that the other day, and he was, you know, we were both on the road. We were on the road for like a week, and his wife was mad at him, and uh, wanted him to come home, and same with my wife. I was like, man, you know. I get it, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm out here trying to provide a live, you know, do all this for my family. And they kept saying, man, you know, you got to understand where she's at. And I'm like, yeah, I, I understand where she's at. I do. I really do. And I sympathize. I really, I, I understand. Like, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've got a lot of, like, pressure and stress and everything else on me to perform in this situation that I'm in now. And I've gotten myself in this situation. And so that's where I was coming at with it. You're just not as sympathetic. I, not at all, you know, I, and, and, I, and I'm working on it. I say that in jest, but like seriously, you're you're not going to be as people aren't going to be as sympathetic to you as they are. No, your wife. No, women no. and children first, buddy. I told yeah. you that's why we get the surcharge. That's why we make more money. Yeah, we get a dollar more per hour because women and children first. Like we're not flammable. We we Titanic. float. We float. Yeah, women and children first. That's why. There you go. You know, yeah. it's. It's a uh, who was that? Who was that? I told you it was, it was Bill Burr that said that. He's like, "There's no feminist in a house fire." She'd be taking that flat top and twirling it, little pigtails, in a second just so she'd get out of the house first. <laughs> like men aren't flammable. <laughs> George Costanza yeah. shoving the kids down and yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I I know that it's obviously in jest, but it's a. Uh, but I think the thing is, like, so we can't grow babies; they grow babies. Like, so they're vulnerable. They have much more. They're much more. Yet, you know, vital to, I mean, they're literally grow a human inside of them. We can't do that shit, you know. So, it just the, I think 
just that whole motherly aspect that like they're literally responsible for life. They get held on a different platform. That's they, I don't know anything about that. Good luck growing up. Like, if I get a bellyache, dude, I'm down. <laughs> Eat a bowl of chili, dude. It's a long night. Have another person. Oh, no. Nine months. Long yeah, time. nine months with a person time. You know, practicing Muay Thai on your organs. I'm all set. You guys shouldn't eat that apple. It's your fault. Yeah. We didn't start this. Uh, you did. So there you go. Read that in a book. Anyways, so, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know that we got anywhere on that topic, but no, I, I see where you're coming from. But like, it is a burden for a man to provide. But it's also, and I think just with a woman, there's less of a st- a objective standard that you can point to. Because literally, you know, the whole you know we talk about, you know, grown up adults are expected. Mothers are just generally expected to take good care of kids. Mm-hmm. Just like my screwed up adults. Complain about daddy issues and not mommy issues. Moms are generically supposed to do that. So, but and that standard that essentially what they're held to as a mother isn't an objective standard. You can't measure that. But as a in the long held generic family dynamic, right? That is subject to a lot of scrutiny these days. Whatever. But if you just take that mold of guy makes money, mom raises kids, has kids, whatever. She has, she has a job to do. He has a job to do. Her job, as long as kids are okay and living and doing all that kind of stuff, well then her job's complete. There's not actually anything you can measure there. Whereas the man, like if your job is to provide in the current status of things financially, where it used to be hunter-gatherer, you know, as long as everybody's eating, you're good. Now it's your financial status. Well, you can measure that. How big is your house? What's your car situation? What's your bank account? So you actually can measure what the male is responsible for as opposed to what essentially a mother's duties in that standard role are. So you're, I guess you can be held more accountable for that, right? So it's not a, it's not a subjective thing. It's a subjective thing versus an objective thing. Whereas I can look at your bankroll and see how well, you know, the father's doing. Whereas the mother, like kids are breathing, they're going to school. So, and if they're screwed up as adults, we're going to blame the dad anyways. He didn't hug them enough. He's out busy trying to work his ass off and trying to hit his quota. You know, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, it's complicated. At 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 best, you know, put it that that way. Speaking of complicated, explain your father situation for me. I, this blew my mind when I first met Ryan. I had no clue, but so your your stepdad raised you for the, for the most part of your life, for the better part of your life. He and right? my mom got married when I was eight. We lived with my grandparents for for a long, long stretch of time. Yeah. Um. So growing up very early on, that was that was that was my primary father figure was my grandpa. That's the reason my kids call me Pop instead of Daddy. You know, that's that's really mm-hmm. who was there, kind of molding me when I was very young. Um. I, I I got a relationship with my biological father when I was twenty eight. Um. Thank my wife to, for that because I, I'm not saying that like a negative thing, but she she's the one who was curious and she pushed it. Like she sought him out. Yeah, yeah, she sought him out and uh, actually went and met with him. Uh, we were we were listening to Zach Brown band 
driving down the road and she like turns the radio down. She's like, I've got something to say. And I was like, we hadn't been married that long. Are you, well, I guess we had, you could divorce me. What are you saying? You know? Yeah. And they're, they're singing. What I do. It took you this long? They're singing that. <laughs> what we, I do. We don't have a lot of money. We don't have a lot yeah. of money. And I was like, are you getting a lot of debt or something? Like, did this song make you, make you think yeah. of it? You know, what's, what's the deal? And I, and I, she told me, she was like, I went and met with him. He wants to talk to you and, Kind of went down there and got to meet my three little brothers, have a good relationship. They adore my, adore so he, my kids. So yeah, that's cool, so man. He had, I mean, he had already. So how long was you? Twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So from the age of eight to twenty eight, you'd had another father figure in your life. Father figure in your life. I, I was never. I, I was never without one. You know, right, it was. Right. It was. We were with my grandparents. My my stepdad was there. My my uncle, who I actually lived with for eight months when we moved up to Hattiesburg, yeah. we were we were more like brothers than anything else. We we had lived under the same roof together, so it was yeah. And I think that kind of played into why there hadn't been an attempt to seek that out because it wasn't it wasn't a situation where my mom was working three jobs. And I didn't have a male in my life, and you know yeah, you had a strong male figure yeah. the whole time. Like you were never without that yeah kind of guidance and so person. so yeah that that kind of led us to, to that point but did that happen to nick come on big nick mm-hmm. bedford yeah yeah well, i didn't mean to say his last name but oh. <laughs> <laughs> so all right well when you actually got to meet him though what yeah. was that like i mean it was a I don't. I don't know. I mean, well, you already it, told it, me you're not emotional. Or not. I'm not, <laughs> and it, it was more like going in for an interview or a business meeting. Like you know, it's like it really was. Did you asking for a resume? <laughs> I'm going to need to see your. Going to see your resume, sir, and your credit score. Uh, to see all of it. But no, we sat down and had a conversation just just about kind of you know not a whole lot. That's what, and that was that was the conversation we had. Like I'm not here looking for answers to questions from from the past. That's yeah. that's gone. Over like, and done. You yeah. know, I'm not. Yeah. Once again, I'm not that emotional. I tell my wife all the time I'm dead on the inside. Like, I, I really am. As a that's, man should be. That's fine. That's been going on that's for fine. a long time. But uh, I, I'm not here looking for answers or reasons why, you know, just, just what what you got, you know. That yeah, sounded yeah, wrong, yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Show me the money. No, nah, that's not <laughs> it at all. But, you know. Yeah. I've got a relationship with my three little brothers now that I wouldn't have, and it's yeah. Been, it's that, been, that, I think that's that's the positive side you get out of these like kind of connections. Yeah. Like that. yeah, yeah. What was his like? Is he emotional or is he? Oh no. Okay, so he's kind of the same. Yeah, similar. Okay, similar. So, so probably two similar reactions across the table there. But uh, what about your brothers when you when you met them and they figured out about you? Did they figure you out like? They know about you the whole time, or no, 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 okay. no. Right. Um, that's what that was. That was my big question was because that's what I. I was an only child, so I was thirteen. Then yeah. my mom had two little sisters. I had always wanted a little brother, you know, and and that was that was you know that that got to me later on down the road. It was like, man, there's these these kids I don't know, you know, but whatever. Um, but that was really the the thing I was the most curious about. And he says, you know, I want you to meet the boys, but let me let me tell them first. And um, the the oldest Corley, who is uh, he's he's very very dry, completely lack of emotion there as well. Um, so but, it's genetic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
There you go. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> he, he he was he was around eighth grade or so. I was coaching uh, freshman baseball, and eighth and ninth graders played, and we were going to get ready to start playing them rather soon. Uh, so it was good timing, I guess. He said, that's the one I'm nervous about. He said, the younger two, they're going to be fine, you know, great, more people in the family. He said, that's the one I'm nervous about. And he said, when he told him, he goes, well, where's he at? Is he coming down tonight? And they were like, no. And next day we went and hung out with him for about four or five hours. And it's been great ever since. Like I said, my, my, my kids have two more grandparents. Think the world of them. They've that's got cool. uncles that, that are love them to death. So it's nothing, nothing but good came from it. But I don't know if that was a step that – I would have ever taken, so if my wife had not been the stubborn person that she is that runs in her family, uh, probably wouldn't have taken place. (laughs) (laughs) Evan, do you want to speak to that? No. Oh, no, jump in. No, I'm good. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. (laughs) Jump all over that. She is stubborn. I'll give her that. (laughs) That that genetic, or that is genetic in their side of the family for sure. Uh, no, nah, that just blows me away, man. Like when you told me that story, I just I, I appreciate that too. Like I'm I'm a closed book. I don't tell people a whole lot. Evans got me sharing this with Evans. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about now. this sucker right here. That is a sharer, a hugger. Oh. He'll get he'll get you on the phone. Say it. I love you. Say it back. You gotta say it back to me. <laughs> say it back to me. Said that. Bullshit. You gotta have me giving reach around here in a minute. Like, yeah. I've never done that either. <laughs> Don't pretend like you it's awkward the first time. Dude, he used to kidnap <laughs> us. He wanted us to come out to his house with him. He kidnapped us. You get drunk and then you wake up out in the middle of nowhere and like that was funny. Turnerville. That's not funny. That was funny. If you didn't want to stay in the middle of Turnerville, you're supposed to go home that night and you pass out in your truck and then you wake up. You ever, you're like, what was that movie? Uh, out cold. You know? They, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the where they spin the car. I would do that, and one time it actually backfired on me. So we're riding down the road, and we've got Phil in the passenger seat, passed out, and he's got the last beer in his lap, like holding it like this. Like Speaking of that, keep going. I'm grabbing my last beer. And I'm sitting there trying to reach it, and I told him I was taking him home, mm-hmm. but I was just like, screw that. I'm not going to his house. We're just going to my house. And I'm I, I, we live like way out, like an hour outside of town. So we're going down the dirt road, and it's like almost 10 miles of dirt road to get to our house. And there's these high embankments, and uh, he's got the last beer, and I'm sitting there trying to reach it. And I like, as I was leaning over, I was the wheel was gradually slipping over to the to the ditch, and dude, I caught it just in time, but literally it started fishtailing, and I was like a pinball going between those two embankments, just <laughs> brand my brand new truck and everything. I grabbed the beer and I got back over and I got back control of it in the road, and Phil kind of wakes up. He goes. You okay? I was like, yeah. No, 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 no. Where's my beer? Where are we at? <laughs> no, 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 no. Let, let's get. I remember the fish tail thing a little bit. I, I'll never forget waking up to this. Evan is reaching for my lap, and I'm like, I'm pretty drunk, and I'm like, what's happening? And then he's just grinding into the embankment. Like you, you know, yeah. you didn't try to pull out of it. You were grinding your truck into it, just steady reaching for my beer. He's got like a, a hand on the wheel, <laughs> and he's like reaching for my beer. And I was like, this dirt, <laughs> dirt. And then you get the beer, you're like, oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> you just pull out of it. The truck is wobbling. But uh, I, we, we don't have to talk about how that the rest of that story goes. Don't we'll get your mom mad at you. But, yeah, no, sharing. Uh, that Man, I, dude, I'll share anything. 
Okay. Evan is a emotionally available individual. He had a lot of love growing <laughs> up. And some of us who are more closed off, it, yeah. he can make it uncomfortable My for mantra you. is everybody's got a story. I don't want to hear yours. So, you know, uh, <laughs> that, we, we kind of bump heads on that. But yeah, Evan's like he's part of our family, though. I swear we're related somewhere down the line. So it's easier to talk to him than some folks. Evan's related to half of Southern Alabama, so you might be related. Everybody we went to school with, like, yeah, my cousin. I was like, another one? <laughs> <laughs> He's Mississippi, so we can't. You guys didn't cross was, that line. It was a line. No, I no, I don't know. Actually, my grandmother's from Mississippi. There you go. She's my. I, I, I wouldn't girl. doubt it, man. Oh, I can't remember. I'm not, half our football team was your cousins. Yeah, they are. I I got responsible for your other half of cousins. He the worst cousins he's got, the craziest ones. He's like, I don't know how they got linked up to me when I got back, but they get in trouble. Their mom will call me, Phil. <laughs> Yeah, watch out for the boys now. I'm like, what? <laughs> they're like a year younger than me. They're not like we're like grown ups now. Like I don't have to watch out for they're them. Adults, watch out for them. These are his cousins, dude. Crazy. I worked with their older brother. He's a lot older than us. And the two younger ones we hang out with, and we we quote his older the older one a lot because he he's a character. He helped us build this place, whether he knows it or not. Oh yeah, taught me everything I know about carpentry. Self proclaimed self-proclaimed contractor he's done every kind of contract by the way i I mean and if if there's anybody that could fake it till Uh he makes it that's it oh yeah he'll fake it and if he fooled you for long enough to get started doing something if you caught him later he was like this is your fault you should have never let me out here (laughs) he did that yeah i know literally They were uh, so in Mobile on the other side of the causeway. They they dig out they dig out these big retention ponds, mm-hmm. and that's where they. I don't know what they put in them. I don't know what what it is, but it's like probably some past sins out there or something. But this guy hired him, and um, he was just out there like being a rigger or an oiler or something. I don't know on this crane, and um, they all went to lunch, and he kept telling the guy, he's like, "Man, I'm tired out there like digging and like you know doing manual labor. I want to run that crane." He's like, "I ain't ever putting you in that crane." <laughs> So they all went to lunch one day, and he grabs, gets in the cab, and starts running the crane. And it's got like this big drag line bucket on it. You know, you sit out there and you bring it back and dig it out. And dude, he flipped the crane over, <laughs> like flipped it over. Just leaves. Scared the snot out of him. He said, "Man, I was shaking. My my knees were shaking, dude. He's like, I couldn't even hardly stand up." <laughs> he said, "They all came pulling back up from lunch." And the guy said, "Where's my crane?" And he looked over <laughs> the hole. It's like in the hole. He goes. <laughs> You're fired. He's like, get the hell out of here, all this stuff. He goes, You can't fire me. He said, I want I want six months of severance pay if you're gonna fire me. He said, Why would I give you six months of severance pay? He goes, I should have never been in that crane anyway. It's your fault. He goes, I want to he ended up getting like three or four months severance pay. Drew <laughs> unemployed. I mean, just like like I bet the guy was thinking, like, oh my god. I'm paying him to shut him up. Yeah. That's, what you're, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Dude, that's, I was telling him we like when I got out of the army, I was trying to find like a job, and I was just kind of like tough in Mobile at that point. Yeah, and really I was tough. like 2008, 2009. I was trying to figure stuff out, and I was like, and he was uh, building this house. He was like contracting himself and was doing a lot of the work himself, you know, and uh, and he needed extra hands. So Evan put me put me with him, and uh, so I was like, I've never done carpentry work. I'm not an idiot, so I measure wood just fine. I can do a tape measure just fine. Run a saw, you know, yeah, and Clint. Take a blade, dude. We said oh, yeah. that's how we built this thing right here, man. Measured up, didn't quite work out. Take a blade off it. Too long. 
Give me a blade. Give me a blade off that. We need one blade. So, what did you say? Caulk and paint yeah. make you the carpenter you ain't? Yeah. <laughs> like if stuff didn't match up right, like, don't worry about that. Caulk and paint, buddy. Caulk and paint make the carpenter you ain't. It'll hide anything. But he's like, I mean, he, uh, he didn't want to pay for a dumpster. He didn't want to pay for a dumpster, right? And this is like February, so it's real dry in, in the winter in Mobile. And uh, he had built a big burn pile. He had put out way in this field off from the house we built. We just framed in this big, beautiful house he was making. I forget how big the house was. It was a nice house. Yeah. We just framed everything in, decked everything in, all the extra wood and all the other stuff, which he wanted to burn it off because he didn't want to pay to ha have a dumpster come out there and haul it off, right? So he uh, goes out there. And there's a burn ban in Mobile at this time. We had rain like two months, which is crazy for Mobile. So everything's dried up and just ready to be lit on fire. Literally a burn ban, which never happens in Mobile. <laughs> this dumbass lit this thing up. And the fire, the wind catches it, and it starts running across, running across the property. <laughs> Literally like and a gasoline like, trail. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the flames are going straight to this brand new house we just decked in, like which is all lumber at this point, just wood. <laughs> and he's like, "It's going for the house, Phil." I was like, "Let me call the let me call the fire department." He's like, no, you can't call them. They'll charge me a thousand dollars. Come out here. No, 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 no. I'm, I got this. He starts running his truck and trying to dig out rooster tails. Like mud, <laughs> mud ditches. He's running his truck through the fire, and like there's like a gas tank. Yeah, and you're right. in the you're in the truck with him. Yeah, I'm like stop, <laughs> stop. God, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> we end up having to call the fire department. Dude. Insane. <laughs> and they're like, "What are all these ruts?" He's like, mm, "It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how those got there? Strange." Strange how it's in the fire like that. <laughs> Teenagers out here at night. Yeah, people out here at night shining, I guess. I don't know, man. It was weird. Yeah, that dude was a was a character. Still is. Still, still is. Yeah, he still is like that. But it, it, the two little ones, the youngest one, he's, he's doing good. The other one's doing good. But, like, they'd always get in fights and stuff. They, got, they just picked a fight with these cooks at the Waffle House one time, wanted me to protect them. <laughs> Threw their plates down. This is shit is garbage. And they stand up and said, we ain't paying for nothing. And the cook's like dropped the spatula. What'd you say to me? He's like, you know, to the cook. And they're like, Phil, get up. Phil. I was like, I'm not getting up. This is y'all. It's a scene from Urban Cowboy. Isn't it? I was like, my eggs are just fine. Somebody throws a burger in the Waffle House and it starts. Dude, I got in a food fight at the Waffle House in Pensacola. Straight up. How? Why what? My my buddy Brendan, when I say he got a history degree, flying mm -hmm. his F-18, he did something to my food. I think he flicked something to me. And I was drunk. We had just left like Powell Fox Street. I don't know why, why I did it. I just took my hand, like scooped it in all my food, and just, just hooked it. Yeah, like highlight that game where they hook those little balls. Mm -hmm. It was like that. All my the gooey food on a Waffle House plate just thunk in his face. I think he smacked me with like a one of those sandwiches they make for like breakfast sandwiches. I don't know. And then like a food fight just started at our table, like with point blank range, just smacking each other with food, you know, just slapping each other in the face with hash browns and stuff. Yeah, and then I was like, we we finally stopped and we're dripping in like Waffle House food and grease and eggs, and we just start laughing. And I was like, I can't get a if you give me a mop, I'll get this. And they're like, No, we thought we're just glad y'all didn't get to a fight. That was hilarious. We'll when you it. say y'all stopped and y'all were like laughing, it was like one of those Mentos commercials. Like, ah. no, we just like, <laughs> couldn't believe what we had just done. We're just huh. like that's when I was working as an uh, as an attorney in a law firm. I just started and is a F eighteen pilot you know flight instructor being real smooth adults yeah 
real smooth adults there. I was like, we're the apex. We're like, we're the top of the game, buddy. We're top of our game right now. We're in our prime. Here we are. And the, the Waffle House, like, dude, you talk about good sports. They're like, nah, that was pretty funny. We'll get, we got it. That's a tame night. I told him I was like, I was like, give me, give me a mop. We, like, like we made the mess. We'll, we'll clean it up for sure. Let me get the mop. They're like. That was hilarious. That was the best, best entertainment we had all night. Y'all good. <laughs> You're good. What okay. happened? Whatever happened with that a Waffle House story in Mobile? Oh, with all that? Yeah, Chickasaw, yeah. No, it's I don't Sarah Lane. Is it Sarah Lane? Yeah. Sarah yeah. Lane. You know what I'm talking about? I, I remi- uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I think they let it roll because they had a video of it of her like. Acting a fool. Yeah. I, did you see what happened in Memphis? Mm-mm. They're rioting in yeah. Memphis. They just heard a, they heard thirty sheriffs sheriffs got injured, and the sheriffs aren't the ones that killed the guy. That was U.S. marshals. Was U.S. marshals hunting down a criminal. Oh, hunting down a criminal who was running from them. Struck two vehicles. Struck, yeah, he shot got, him like fifty five times. No, 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 shot him like once. They killed him right yeah. in his driveway. But like after a police chase and the whole thing, but he was a wanted criminal because the U.S. marshals were hunting for him. Right, as soon as they killed him. Neighborhood riots. Mm-hmm. Stories I heard. He, he hit two vehicles during the chase and gets out with a gun. Good shot. So, like, it was completely, like, it sounds to be, I don't know the details. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there. If those facts are correct, it sounds like a justified homicide, right? Yeah. Sounds like, I don't know. I don't know the facts, obviously. Um, which I don't know why they're mad. People are looking for an excuse to get mad now. People are looking for any there's a, there's to a lot of excuse me. Do you see that video? There's there's a video that uh, and you know just being a cop is tough. And there are certain situations where cops should get prosecuted. Like that 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 woman in Dallas, right? That shot that black guy that came into her apartment and they lived in the same apartment building. Well, she she, she walked she in walked his, in his apartment. His apartment. Yeah. Thought she was in her apartment. She had, you know happened? She had to have been drunk. Mm-hmm. There's no way she didn't know she was in her apartment. She tried to go in his apartment. She was drunk. Saw him. Had her piece on her. Drew down. Shot him. Shot, shot him, killed him, and she's on the phone. She was sorry, but you could tell. Like, how did you not know that was your not your apartment? Just shit faced. Had to have been. Oh God, killed a guy. Yep. And she, you can hear on the nine one one call. She was like trying to trying to keep him there, trying to do first responder training, you know, trying to keep him. But it's her fault. She's gonna go down for murder or homicide for sure. I mean, uh, for manslaughter, one or the other for sure. And should she should, hundred percent. Yeah. Her ignorance killed that dude for no reason, right? But like. Uh, the Gill Collar guy in Mobile, you know, the drunk kid that was on acid, came at the USA security, yeah. USA police Don't force. Don't know that story. Yeah. Drunk, like freshman, yeah. takes acid at USA Mobile, ass naked, charges one of the campus police. Mm-hmm. Shot him. Put yeah. two in him. Two in the chest. Dropped him. Well, he didn't have a gun. He's fucking naked. He's naked, yeah. What are we talking about? So, top was clear because he was charged. Like, the kid was charging yeah, at him. I mean, he could take the gun away from him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So, technically, fine, right? But then there's the kid in Arizona who had a pellet gun, for whatever reason, in his hotel room. Police get reports that somebody's waving a gun from the hotel room. Come up, you know, swats up there, and... From the body cam footage from the cop, the cop orders him to get on the ground and starts giving him conflicting orders. Put your hands up, 
or put your hands above your head, lay face down on the ground. He's doing it. He's like, now move towards me. And like, don't, you know, tell them not to move and then move towards him. And he's like, he's like crying. He's like sober crying. And he's like, put your hands behind. As soon as the guy goes to put his hands on, following the cop's order, the cop just starts blasting him with an M4. Not a job I'd want to do. Not a not a situation no, I would ever man, want to no, be in. Dude. But it's you, so, it, it is never a one hundred percent one it, way or the other decision. Like you know, they, the, it, this this is on body cam footage, right? That dude shit went down. He did not. Like I, I was in the military. I was in a unit. You know, I was a ranger in the army. There's an ROE. You know, if you feel threatened, like that, there was no threat in that situation, especially when the guy was complying with your orders. You just told him to lay there, and you walked over, put your knee in the middle of his back where you're supposed to, and then pull his arms behind him. There's no problem. Give the guy conflicting orders, and he's trying to follow your orders, and then you shoot him for following your orders. That's different. Right? But in a tense situation like that, when you think somebody's got a gun, it's tough. Yeah. Well, and once again, it, it's a thing where people have gotten so segmented that you're going to see, no matter what the situation is, a certain group of people are going to be on the cop side, a certain group of people are going to be on the, the, the victim side. Yeah. And, 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 and those are the folks that I'm saying are just... I mean, I try looking. to remember, like, it's, it's tough, man, because, dude, I'm batting, like, 0 for 4 anytime I run in with cops, man. Me and cops normally don't get along. I have a lot of friends who are cops. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I deal with them out in the world, and they're just like... You want to know the best thing for police officers going right now? Live PD. You watch yeah. that show? Yeah. I've seen it. You want to see how how far some officers go to defuse a situation oh, or, I know. or oh, use common sense? Watch those guys. Don't watch the ones where they're serving warrants in this one county in Texas because they just bust anybody's door down and <laughs> don't care. All of the goodwill that that show builds, that one department throws it out the window because... They're kicking in a door in some nice neighborhood to arrest a 16-year-old who stole something from Walmart. It's like, you're, that's obviously his parents' house. Can we not knock first, you know? Or do, yeah. do we need to go in with the SWAT team and, and break the door down? That's not a board, dude. The SWAT team's been chomping at the bit. They have no real crime to deal with. It's like, remember I told you I went to court up here? Dude, I had a GPS saying I was going the right way. This cop thought I went the wrong way down one way, but he didn't know because he came from like a weird direction. He couldn't see but when I ended up at where these two roads converge, mm-hmm. he thought I came down the wrong one. He tried to give me a ticket in the middle of the night. And I was like, I had him on camera. I was like, on video, I had a GPS going. And I was like, nope, I didn't go down that. I have it right here on GPS. And he's like, well, I already got your ticket. So we're not fixing this on the side of the road. I'm filming him having this conversation. I was like, what are you talking about, man? You can't give me a ticket. I mean, you just admitted that I didn't do anything wrong. And he's like, well, we don't, you just got to go to court. I go to court. They're like, you're contesting this ticket? I'm like, yeah. It's like I waited, you know, I got there at like 5.30, court was at 6, night court. They made me wait to the last person. That was at 9 o'clock. So I listened to all these drug people get off and all this other shit. You know, this guy was going to contest it. Cop shows up, and I was like, Your Honor, I've got video footage. I've got GPS stuff. I've got him on camera admitting that it didn't go down like that. I was like, no. And I was like, well, I'd like to, you know, Submit this as Exhibit A, this here, da, da, da. He's like, we can't take all that. I was like, video with him in it? Like, he's in the video. He's like, yeah, we don't, we, he's caught the, the, the judge's like, no, we, he's like, going Ray Charles on me? He's like, what? I can't, uh, video, mm-mm, that's not accurate. And then the uh, cop goes, 
And the judge is like, so what did you say happened? Well, he was doing this. Can you show me? He pulls out a pen and gets a piece of paper out of the, the prosecutor's notebook and draws like a line or like the road, like an arrow and like a little circle for a car. And it's like, that was him. He went that way, the wrong way. And that was it. And they accepted that as exhibit A. <laughs> and I was like, and I, I started getting smart at this point. I was like, now you're paying your ticket I, and court I, fees. And I was like, well, your honor, I got some crayons in the car. If I need to draw my exhibits too, that's what we're doing. He's like, what was that? I was like, I didn't know we were taking drawings and not videos or GPS. Like, I, I didn't think that was the thing we were doing today. He said, well, I'll tell you what, your uh, fine is $195, but you can appeal it for 500 So there you go. Gotcha, bitch. Here's your $195. Oh, dude, I was hot. I was hot. Dude, I, was, I don't know if I've been that mad. Like, that's why I hate lawyers, man. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. I hate them. They're dirty, dirty little people. What you do for a while? I'm a compliance officer now. <laughs> so what's that for a while? No, 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 no. I mean, well, that's what got me out of it, man. You, you go to those things and, like, I, we've already talked about it on the podcast, but, like, just situations where just – not unethical things from that point of view, but like not calling out another attorney for lying and getting a case all the way up to this point where you defend it and figure out it was all bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because if he doesn't lie, then you don't get your billable hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it, that's it, dirty. It, it feeds each other, right? It feeds like if you're a litigator, okay, defense or plaintiff, either way, you, the other side of the ball has to be there. It's like politics, right? Like the more divi divided Republicans and Democrats can make the country, the more they charge their base, right? The more oh, yeah. active people Absolutely. are involved, the more people are going to pull for their guys. So they're going to say everything. They, it's the same thing with attorneys. Defense attorneys have to have plaintiff's attorneys filing every single case or they don't eat. Because defense attorneys are paid by the hour. There's not a magical uh, trust that just pays attorneys, you know, exorbitant amount of cash. Come on, I've seen I've seen lawyer shows. Everybody's on retainer, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> no, dude. I've watched I've I've watched from a perch in in the RSA tower attorney looking out of his window, going, "Something bad happened." Come on, one of these ships hit another ship. Come on. <laughs> Run the ship into the dock. Somebody do something. Come something. on, call me, please. You know, like maritime attorneys just praying. It's like you're the harbingers of ill fate. That's why I have clients call us. Go, hey, do we file this claim with y'all, or do I need to call my attorney? No, please do it with us, please. Yeah, no, dude, I, I did bad faith insurance defense. So after the insurance company lost it, and they hired another corp, uh, insurance defense firm, and that company lost it, then we take over mm -hmm. after everybody screwed it up. But then we'd have to review all the case from like the first phone call you get. I've reviewed three years of claims. It's a lot of hours, isn't it? Man, so like one, like three banker boxes full of material. Call like transcripts from every phone call. You know where you referred them to. Did you tender policy limits? Yes or no? Why didn't you? Did you have the information? Did they release the medical? Did they give you a chiropractor medical thing and say it's from a doctor? Because mm -hmm. chiropractors aren't doctors. They're a doctor like I'm a doctor. I've got a jurist doctor, and you got a doctorate in chiropractic. It's the same thing. Like, I don't care if you bought your white coat from Amazon. You're not a doctor. Can you write a prescription? You sure can't, right? You didn't go to medical school? No, you can't. 
And they try to use that. And then when you don't tender policy limits, then they try to say, oh, the insurance company acted in bad faith. You should have gave us those policy limits. I told you I was hurt. Yeah, but we asked you for medical records and you didn't provide them. Yeah. No, no. I told you I was hurt, though. Yeah, we need medical records. I gave you that. My from, word's not good enough. What have I been I, paying you for? But I, I gave you that from my chiropractor. He said I was hurt. He's not a doctor. It's a, he said he's a doctor. He's got a white... You, have you seen his white jacket? He's got a commercial. Yeah. Does it say MD behind his name? It says D-O. It's like, short for don't. Okay, don't bring that shit up here. Yeah, no, but like as much as it used to piss me off because I really thought we were trying to like keep people from bullshitting, uh, you know, they were just like, uh, no, dude, you need those people to file those claims because mm -hmm. you don't get paid if they don't. Yeah. You would 100% need to do that so you can charge the insurance company and get your billables. Because if you don't get your billables, you don't have a job. It's fun, isn't it? The worst. I have a... Uh, the worst. I have a kid I talked that I've reconnected with in in hattiesburg who uh he calls he talks about fee takers yeah fee takers it's what it's what capitalism has created is fee takers so uh we haven't gotten deep into this because i'm curious his his stance but he was like i just think the perfect governing system is i said don't say communism he said communism but you just got to do it right i was like yeah because nobody's done it right yet you know let's really? find me an example Oh, so it's never worked out for anybody, right? Because there's always an asshole that doesn't want to work. Exactly. <laughs> or there's one that wants to take all the power and screw you. Yeah, over. I mean, so like in the middle, it would work, right? Yeah. So if they're in the in the bell curve, if everybody was in that if middle, everyone was perfect. Yeah. Well, that's what he oh. said. He was like, "Well, it's easy though. Uh, we just take the best of the best and seclude dude, ourselves." I, I was dude, like, I, 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 yeah, I had yeah. some kid. I was sitting in a bar talking, and some kid came down. And people always go, military, huh? You know, and I was like, so we had the conversation. He's like, you know, I don't think we need war. I was like, what did you just say to me? How's that work out? I was like, oh, so what have we been doing since, uh, you know, we've been walking around? What did chimps do? Chimps go to war. What are you talking about? Everybody goes to war. You're going to fight over something at some Everything point. Everything on the planet goes to war. Everything. Your cells go to war. White blood cells attack viruses in your body. They go to war. Everything goes to war, dummy. Shut up. He's like, not me not really, man. Like everything, you know, like if everybody just liked each other a lot better, I was like, well, what if I like what you, but like, so if that's your lady and you like her, but what if I like her too? How's that work? What if I, actually, I like your beer. Let me get that. Yeah. <laughs> get a little rub off let that me right get, there. Let me get, let me explain to you how this works, dummy. Like open borders, cool. I'm coming into your house today, tonight. Everything you have, using that. If you're a fan of open borders, awesome. Unlock your door. Keep it wide open. Oh, do you lock your door at night? Well, you're a piece of shit. Oh, those walls work, but walls around our country doesn't? What well, don't we pay for our country? That's what taxes do. You pay for your house, right? Same fucking thing. That's what I told him. I was like, just don't tell anybody who your government teacher was when you have these conversations because <laughs> I don't want that coming back on me. So I know that is not what we discussed. Ryan Harvey. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for the last name. And again. let me clarify. And I say, I'm not against immigration. I think we should streamline the process and get them Work visas, so they're just paying taxes in the workforce. But open borders is dumb. That's what's dumb. The only the only situation that ever becomes feasible is if you take away every government benefit that's out there that you can get. Can't have it in a welfare state. I don't think you can have it personally, 
I don't think open borders works, but that well, it's, it's never that, worked, and that, nobody that has very, truly open borders. That very libertarian view that they like to throw black, back and forth between the states, you know, because that, that's what you, you hear people say that all the time. What if we have all these undocumented Mississippians coming over to Alabama for work? I mean, yeah, it's great, but that's a different because you have a, you have a common culture, you know, you have common expectations of what's right and wrong, um, and, and that's that's the only thing that. I get what you're saying. I I, I get with the, what they're saying with a completely free market, let people come across work, whatever. But it's not feasible. Number one, number two. If it were, you you've gotta you gotta take away any any chance that government benefits they can take advantage of. Like I, I don't think it's a feasible option. But I just I've I've heard that argument a lot yeah, but it's, lately. But, and then, but it's I'll be honest with you. It's so. Like I told told Evan, like I nines are a big deal, and you know, e verifying people. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with immigration. It has to do with the government getting their cut. They wanted to eliminate legal people operating under the table. They really don't care that they're stealing identities. They don't care. In fact, they explain to you, you're not a bo- customs and border control agent. It's not your job. If it looks legit, you got to take mm-hmm. it. So, like, we're in a staffing industry, right? So, we, like I told you, we employ a shit ton of people every day. You know, thousand people probably across the country get processed by our various branches every day. If a guy's been working for us for five years for one of our customers, but then shows up with a whole new set of documentation and says, hey, I need to get everything you put in this name. Yeah, that stuff I gave you before, fake. Yeah. No, here's my real stuff. I was just waiting on my visa to go through. Yeah. So let me go ahead and do that. If you fire him for that, mm-mm. it's discrimination. You have to, under the law. The whole point is the, drug de- the government's like a drug dealer. As long as they get their cut, taxes, right? Yeah. That's all they care about. Well, nobody wants to stop it. If, if there, there's there's three politicians in Washington that may want to stop the immigration issue. The, the truth is, they both sides want it. They just want it for different reasons. Yeah. One wants the votes. One wants the cheap labor. That's it. I got someone so hot at me one time on on a beach. We were hanging out, drinking beer, and he inserted himself in a conversation I didn't invite him into, so I wasn't sure why he got upset. But that's what I told him. I was like, there's no difference in the Republicans and Democrats. And I was talking about folks that are politicians. I said, the only difference is who they want to give your money to. That is it. That is, that is the only difference, is what special interest group is backing them. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. He got fired up. I don't think that's right. So you're telling me there's nothing different between me and somebody in California? I said, no. I was like, listen to the conversation. I'm talking about politicians. None of them care about you. They really don't. It's it's yeah, just it's not you, buddy. So if you're playing, if you're in a river, right? Democrat is going to throw you all the rope and not hold the other end. So here you go. I love you. Here's all the rope you need. <laughs> They're not going to hold the other end, so you can't save yourself. Republican puts it about three inches in the water. Says, "Come on, don't be lazy. Swim, swim to the to rope. It. Swim to it. You're still screwed either way. One looks like he doesn't care about you. One looks like he cares about you." Either way, the result is the same. Yep. You're going down, right? That's, that's it. There's there are they you know, care about folks. Can you, you just, swim at this point or no? Is it no? <laughs> no. You're a shitty swimmer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Now nah, they care. They care about the 435 of oh, 535 yeah. of live there. I think if we had. Ter- I think term limits would be the biggest game changer. I'm not. I'm not a term limit person. We got them. They're built in. No, we don't have term limits. Not for Congress. They're built in. Don't be a moron and vote people out of office. You just say that to our country? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Apparently, you haven't met our country. <laughs> so, no. yeah, presidential speeches are written at a fifth grade reading level. Did you know right. that? Yes. Fifth graders elect our, pre- our, our people. <laughs> yeah, I, I would believe that. 
It's true. I, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm, it's true. I 100% so, believe that, And that's probably being generous, I would say. Okay? Do you think people are getting smarter or they getting dumber? People believe whatever they see. I saw, how many times have you seen a, somebody who's like not real close with you, who like you keep up with as a friend because you keep up with people who are smart and like-minded, but people you're loosely acquainted with and maybe Facebook who get their news from bullshit.com. Oh, yeah. The devil's on the moon and Congress doesn't <laughs> care. I told y'all. God, uh, you know, like that shit, like that's why <laughs> term limits are necessary. Because if you got a real good orator, you know, a guy who's compelling, y'all better keep voting me. They're gonna come take your guns. Do you see? So Wait, stop it, on that. Have you seen this sign coming up I sixty five? This huge white sign. Devil will get you. The devil will get you. I hadn't seen that one. Go yeah. to church. It's, it's it's about thirty I mean, min- thirty minutes out of Montgomery, out of downtown Montgomery. Like, so on the right, there's a big big. Uh, it's as big as the side of my house. Like it's right. huge. Yeah, the guy put it on his big property. He's got a big uh, it's a clear message in lake, there. and he's got a big um like uh, big some kind of water wheel. Yeah, yeah and he's uh, it's, it's a big sign. It's a big white sign, red letters, and it's got a little devil with like <laughs> a, with a reaper. Um, it's got a pitchfork. It's a pitchfork. It's a pitchfork. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's like the red devil there, like bright. Wait, what is it? Red. Does it say pray today or the devil will get you? What's no, the top part say? Go to church. Oh, go to church. The devil go will get you. Go to church or the devil will get you. Well, last time I checked, sir, the devil's gotten a lot of people that went to church, so I don't know if that's the dividing factor. I'm back to our saying. Most people go to church to get sex. <laughs> can't get on the internet. Down. That's where the devil is. Evan. By the balls. Literally. I'm just saying that although well and well, well, it should be well-intentioned, but like the majority of the population aren't looking at statistics, voting records. They're looking at what's presented to them on face value. So they're not, but they're also not going to get more educated and elect better people more often. I don't yeah, think it solves the but, problem. But the but it does solve the problem in the way that like if you get somebody who's really good at keeping his base right, he's going to stay in there because they love him. He gets up there and he rebel rouses. He never votes for the things he says mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, but he no. Mm-mm, he told me he's doing he's doing the right thing. I seen him, I seen him. Yeah, that shit. It goes on all around the country, right? However, if that sucker was a minimum two term limits, see you, chief, somebody else, right? So the opportunity for those kind of people to run their con game over a uh, less than equipped population to really dig in and see behind the smoke and mirrors Mm -hmm. that removes that i think you're just changing out no no, i'm not saying lesser of whatever no 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 no, grant the guy that comes that replaces that person may be a piece of crap yeah maybe but the opportunity is there the opportunity is there every two years in the house already and every well you could be like the bushes just move to whatever state you think you can capitalize on you can't you can, and, and once again, Hillary right? Clinton didn't live in New York. She did not. She bought that house to run for office, that apartment to run for office. Yeah. So what? So somebody from a better state's like, you know what? I think I should be in leadership. I can go over there. I'm just saying that when you get these people who have been in Congress who have monopolized the game, mm-hmm. are compelling, say whatever their base needs wants to hear, needs to hear, and stay in that office and become filthy rich, and they own all the programming that these people watch. At that point, good luck getting them out. Good luck getting them out. It happens everywhere across the country. All these representatives are the same. You think they get better at hiding their 
mistakes, lies, whatever yeah, you call they it. Become the longer they're in, not, they become wealthy. So they get, they get a retirement for life. They get all that money, right? They speak in engagements. They get, all, you know, they get paid. Like the money comes in, right? Okay, so they're getting stronger with, through wealth. Every year they're in Congress, right? And they were able to rouse their base. Now, if you got a base that they're not looking at a voting record, he told me he's against this. Mm -hmm. That's our guy. He said he didn't do all that. He never voted for anything that's even close to what he told you. Yeah, but nah, because he was stopped by the other people. That's what he said. Yeah, but he didn't vote. He had the opportunity to vote. Like he could have just voted. Like he didn't like vote for that, and they blocked the vote. Like he just didn't vote for that. No, that's not what he said. These actual interviews you did, like the, the person. Are you pretending know. like we don't know these people? I feel like <laughs> no, I, I do. Are you pretending like we don't know I've these got people? Got like a couple faces running through my mind every yeah, time you do that. You know one. these people. <laughs> these are my family no, members that no, post uh, crap on Facebook. Facebook yeah. And I'm gonna go, and I'm just like, stop posting it's been a this. Large increase in the last few years. I've seen them. It says. Oh. Democrats hate the US.com. Like, don't get your news from that website. The best, one, the best one I heard was today, actually. We went to pick up this bed and uh, we bought it off Facebook Marketplace. And we get there, and this guy's garage looked like a woman's Pinterest page exploded <laughs> inside of it. Very crafty. And I'm getting this bed out of there, and I'm just kind of like looking around, and I'm like, man, what is going on here? And Courtney is like, oh my gosh, they got like a, you have to ask her, but she, there's like an emergency list next to the door. And it was like this really pretty little poster. And it was like all their numbers, all that stuff, like all their information right there. Like <laughs> for whomever emergency. comes in. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I love that. That's such a good idea. He's like, yeah, that's my wife, the Pinterest princess. <laughs> Dude, I guess it's like, just shut up, get it all stuff in the bed. I wanted to laugh so hard. He looked at me, and I could tell. I just the, you could see the pain in his oh, eyes. Oh, dude! Evan like, says, "I got it. Trust me. I know." So, so, anyways, we did a uh, we did an Etsy shop one year. Did you ever hear that story? Nah, no. You guys didn't. are crafting at home. <laughs> Peddling. Yeah, there you go. We um, my wife found these birthday calendars. It said family birthdays. You can, put the months this, on them. By the way, we can. Oh this. no, everybody let, knows let this story. Um. And then under each month, you hang a medallion with that person's name and the date of the month. She puts it on Etsy. We don't hear anything for three or four weeks. And then she changes the search words to Christmas gift included. And we go from zero orders to more than we can fill <laughs> in 72 hours. And we had to shut the page down because she's also guaranteed delivery by Christmas. Oh, and man. we are in December already. Oh. All we have are the raw materials. We're having to paint them or stain them the color of the customer's choice because we couldn't just oh, say one. God, We're having to fill out the information on the tags, get them all set up, ready to go, modge, podge them, the whole nine yards. And to top it off, she's very pregnant. And the paint smell makes her sick. Is this something that runs so, in this whole family? You guys so, yeah. get pregnant and start a business? What is wrong with y'all? So not only, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> not only could she not help paint them, I couldn't paint them too close to the house. So I had to go freeze <laughs> at the street. I'm literally, I'm sitting up till three in the morning by myself. <laughs> For like three nights in a row. You see all that? Making, you see all that equipment in there? Oh gosh! 
Yeah. It was awful. We paid off her credit card with it, and she was That's she good. laughed about it. And, yeah. But it it was awful. It was miserable. <laughs> no. It was absolutely no, miserable. you're too, still too close. <laughs> I could smell. No, no further. Close. Further away. Get in the fumes here. I'm literally at the end of the driveway in the pitch black dark, freezing, trying to spray paint something I can't see because when I did it on the porch, you could still smell the fumes. But let's, hey, I ran my own at a personal training company when I was married, <laughs> and my first client was at 5 a.m. every morning, right? Mm-hmm. God forbid I made any kind of noise or anything that that stirred her. I'm not talking about pregnant. Just like in general, she had to be at work at nine. It was very fair for me to, to possibly disturb her for a brief moment as I got ready at 4 a.m. So for years, I used to get ready by cell phone light. <laughs> Felt like you were back in ranger school or something. I was like, why am I sneaking around like a like a like a dumbass ninja? And I'm like, I'm going to make money for our family. And I have to sneak so I don't even like startle you. Disturb anyone. In the least bit. And then when I get back at eight, I drive work for three hours. I've trained like two, so six people. I've trained six people. Still have to be quiet. She's not getting up at eight. Getting up at 8 30. So I have to get my daughter <laughs> up, get her quiet. I was like, how did I come to this level? Like, why is this. She's not supposed to be like that. I can tell you how they can that level. Yeah. That was the other, so New that York was the other is legalizing party. sex workers. So they can no, lo- no longer lord that over people. But it's allegedly under the guy. So we, I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. I used to think that it was like people who were like overly religious that were against the legalization of like sex workers. And I thought about it. And I heard, some, I heard somebody talk about it. And I was like, no, it's women. Yeah. Because if that's legal... And you could just like if you're having like a rough day, you can just go drop a hundo. Zero leverage. There's no leverage. You don't have to put up with anything. You're like, oh cool, you're an asshole. Got it covered. I'm set. (laughs) I'm all set. I'm gonna go handle that. Then I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. Like I'm good. Check boxes checked. (laughs) Dude, think about that. It's women that don't want that legal. There's no more leverage. You can't be angry for no reason anymore. You have to be normal and Just deal withable. Go ahead and say victimless crime. That's the only thing missing yeah. from this right now. It's <laughs> a victimless crime. I'm not saying it's a victimless crime. Everybody's I'm saying, getting something out of it. Is it not, it's the oldest profession, right? Beneficial and if crime. It's, and it, the argument is if it's legal, they can seek like police help if anything bad happens. Mm-hmm. You know, all those kind of things, right? Like It's going to happen. So, like, if it's legal in the way that they're not a criminal, too, where if somebody beats them up, they can go talk to a cop about it. Because that's normally the thing they argue against. Yeah. But, like, the people against legalization, I was like, it has to be women. There's, like, literally. Then they unionize and you're in the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wage goes up so high, you're like, this is you're tipping, like, it's tipping uh, a lot. It's easier to go home and get married. <laughs> I'll just get married. I'm not dealing with this. What happened to my punch card? You said this was good for a year. You said this punch card was good for a year. I heard the story on why they shut down Backpage. You know what Backpage is? I've heard. I haven't heard the story. Like I know it was shut down because it for like whatever. Okay. So, sex. What What's Backpage? Uh, it's like Craigslist for sex, right? Yeah, like you. It's it's the black market. Like Backpage was a website that it was a dirty Craigslist. I mean, it was. It was no more encrypted. detail needed. No more right, detail needed. Right. He summed so, it up right yeah, there. You could do anything on back. Dirty Craigslist. Dirty Craigslist. Yeah. No, so they shut it down. And anyways, I heard a, a. I think it was a podcast. I heard on it, but it was 
basically it put all these sex workers, these women that were using Backpage, almost like a Tinder or a something. I mean, you could get like you could use that as a filter of who you wanted to do, and then not only that, but you didn't have to go through a like a you know a pimp or whatever the version is of uh, pimp nowadays. But I think it's still pimp. Is it? I don't know. I don't know if they it's came up with a new word for it's that. It's a male madam. Yeah. So basically they said that now that the back page is shut down, there's so many sex workers using back page and like self enterprise, like uh, entrepreneurial you know, spirit coming out of them, I guess. But uh, not working in the corner anymore, dude. Now they're back in the streets and they're saying that it's actually increased sex crimes and domestic dis or I say domestic disputes, but violence in that industry. You said uh, we were going to talk about current events tonight. Yeah. And you know what I've learned? <laughs> we read very different articles. <laughs> My Google search engine is very different. Exactly. Uh, it's very, very not I mean I, I read Google News all the time. No, well I was asking a guy I work with or a guy we use a lot and uh he's like, man that we're at a hotel. He was and upset about the he back was page. upset about about back page being shut down. I was like, man, so I been a lot. I used it a couple of times. I was like, well, Get lonely on the what road. is it? And he was telling me all about it. He said, man, they, but they shut that shit down. I was like, I, yeah, gotcha, <laughs> dude. A guy I went to law school with. He was a part of our little veterans group there. He was like, but you ever been with an Asian lady? I was like, <laughs> we we're like drinking with. I was like, I uh. I mean, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, he's like kind of whispering. He's like, you ever been to Green Door? I think I know where this is going. Nope, don't do that. And he's like, bro, it's better than having a girlfriend. How so? And just like, it was going, went down this real dark hole. He's, he's an ex-Marine. And he's like, talking about all this stuff. And I was like, dude. Those are prostitutes. He's like, no, man. They're sex workers. It's different. It's <laughs> a fine line. He's Those like, totally different. Like, Dude, Those are masseuses, <laughs> but they have an extra service out there. Sex work. It's not a prostitute. Like, they're not like on the street. They're in a massage parlor. I was there for the massage first. He's like, yeah. He's like, I got him. I got. He's like, I got a massage. I was like, that's not all you got. Validation. He's like, the massage like completely wiped. Clean the whole <laughs> the prostitution aspect of it. He's like, no, but like I paid for the massage. Like the tip was for the other. And I think this one likes me. And I was like, she does not. Uh, bro. <laughs> I was like, it's weird that you would think that because you paid her money for exactly. like, the thing you would normally get for free in a relationship. <laughs> that stripper you're paying for lap dances likes you too. <laughs> Dude, those are, those women are, they're sharp. The ones near the military bases. You'd be like, I don't have any. I'm like, nope, it is the 16th. You got paid last night. Oh, yeah, dude. And you're like, no. Oh, no. They know. I'm a rookie in an advanced game. I'm not ready for this. I've seen guys go in there and blow whole paychecks, man. Bro, two, what, you, what else, two, what else three, a private supposed to do with his $900? I'm sorry, $900 for the whole month. Yeah. His four fifty <laughs> every two weeks. Yeah, dude. I've seen him go in there. You know, at the I've end. watched people drop 500 Easy. And dudes that earn nine hundred for the month, yeah, like drop five hundred in a night at a strip club where he wasn't drinking. Yeah, and the, the Pacific Northwest are fully nude, so there's no alcohol allowed, right? That's the rule. So we would like keep like some Seagram seven in the car and go run out, 
chug that and then run back in and lay sip on our sprites. It'd be creepy little 19-year-olds at the strip club. Because there's nothing else for you to do. You can't go to a real bar. What are you supposed to do? Uh, Hang out and be normal? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I think we've got enough content for this episode. Though. Yeah. Let's get <laughs> All right. Wait a well, Thank you, Ryan, for coming on. It was a good episode, man. Enjoyed it. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Call it right here. Yep. Thank you, guys.